Hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. Uh, we are playing some We're wondering. We're fucked up is what we are. How dare you? <laughs> Ashley, come on now. This is Dropping a, an F-bomb in the first five seconds, man. What would Disney think of such language? Uh, <laughs> I'm allotted one if it's PG-13. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we are playing Wondering today. We're continuing Waking of Angmar as per usual. We are on episode 61, Roger Maris. No one here is probably a baseball fan, so that was a completely useless reference. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... But we are uh, we are gonna we're gonna play and we're gonna see where things are going. We had a fellowship phase in front of us tonight, so that's uh, very exciting. Uh, I think a lot of us here love uh, love our fellowship phases. Uh, we uh, we certainly we certainly dig into them probably a little bit more than maybe rules has written, but that's kind of fun. We're also going to be heading back to Bree, I think we decided, and so uh, we get to watch as the kettle grasses suffer terribly. Uh, anyhow, ready to go. Why don't I just dive? Let's just dive right in. Let's just dive right in. Uh, okay. Uh, you want to do? Want to do a, just a quick who you are? Uh, Long. Who are you playing? I'm Floyd, a dwarf. I've went down three marks on my shadow path now, so one more, and I'm almost retired. Well, it's a good thing that you're not going anywhere in the near future where there might be a very large amount and easy proliferation of shadow points such as like angmar or mordor or anything like that so it's a good thing good thing maybe i don't kill floy maybe floy just goes just goes to the dark side is that better i think that's better i think that's better right? otherwise it sounds about right i think so too it's like it's like it's like when i when we you know in delta green i don't like killing characters i like just driving them mad you know and bringing them <laughs> that's what i prefer but Whatever. Uh, speaking of driving characters, Matt, Ashley, tell us about Gilly Kettlegrass. Uh, I am playing Gilly Kettlegrass. She is our Brie Hobbit. Um, she is not down her shadow path at all, so she's got that going. Are you uh, sure? Yes. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, I do have shadow scars. Jeff's going to make that a priority getting me down my shadow path. Oh, so it's, don't worry. You picked up the ring. That is true. You can I see him physically crossing off yet. his notes, rewriting <laughs> the margins. No, no, no. I'm just a little note to myself. A little note to myself. Threatening me a lot today, and I what? don't like it. A lot? I gotta go like three times <laughs> in the span of like three minutes. But whatever, whatever. All right, all right, all right. Are you excited to go see uh, Pim and Tolman? I looked up their names, had them ready. You know that's trouble when I'm yeah, prepping. That's that doesn't and i'm prepping anything. that kind of stuff and you've been threatening me at the end of like every episode before this <laughs> but i looked them up they're in my notes i have yep. i have part of my notes i have what is, what is it it says uh, uh arrival and brie npc updates and your parents are part of that list now it's the first time they've ever been part of my prep oh, notes God. prior oh, to this no. you have volunteered them this is the first time i've ever included them <laughs> In my updates, so look out. I uh, have no fear. One fear. <laughs> no fear, huh? Uh, you have two parents. I hope you have two fears. I'm memeing. <laughs> Next up, we've got a Reniel. Melissa, tell us about a Reniel. Uh, yes, a Reniel is our champion ranger of the north. Um, been hanging out with other rangers lately. Um, that's about to come to an end, and we're going to be on the road again. And it's almost Yule time. So that's also usually a good thing. We'll see this time how that goes. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be. I'm very excited uh, getting back to Bree. 
Uh, it's it feels a little a little bittersweet because this is probably like we've talked about this. This is probably our last like meaningful fellowship phase because like after this, it's just it's just going to be this huge descent down into well, I'm growing north, but descent down into chaos. Uh, so okay. Uh, next up, we have uh, the leader of the group. We have Daggett. Stephen, tell us about Daggett. You can't take my bit before I do it. If I do that, I undercut it and it annoys you. So it's oh. fun. <laughs> well, at least the lore master saying I'm the leader makes it official finally because no one else recognized well, my uh, extensive abilities. When the plan goes uh, to shit, we know who to blame, <laughs> right? The leader. Exactly. That's his nightmare. Uh, yeah, I'm Daggett. I am a dwarf. I'm very friendly, lovable, pretty much the most trustworthy person in this group. Uh, that's why everyone puts their loyalty in me. Did he, uh, did he like blip out did when you he said dwarf? The, like, he like, did. Okay. So like, we don't even know what he's a dwarf blank. What? So we can just fill that in with anything. <laughs> did right I really now. blip out? Yeah, you, you did. said dwarf. You forget the freaky shadow shit. Then there was oh, blank right. and then you were back up. So there's like a, there's like a, it's like a mad lib, but dwarf what? what I'm a dwarf blip? captain. Uh, hmm. I said, I'm very friendly, lovable, trustworthy. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably the most trustworthy person in the fellowship, which is why everyone puts their loyalty in me. Okay. Speaking of, what did happen to your pony, Daggett? Didn't you have a... Ooh, he's doing fine. He, he's still <laughs> biting faces. I was going to yeah. say, we haven't had a face bitten in a little while. That's true. We haven't. We haven't. We're going to breathe. Fellowship's so. coming up. Listen, <laughs> these ponies have survived so much longer than pretty much every horse has ever survived in any of the other campaigns that we ran in the past. So, I mean, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. They're, they're doing great. Just uh, no, never mind. I'm not gonna make that joke. Moving on. Uh, okay, Maitre, tell us about Tara. Well, I want to hear the joke now, but I'm playing uh, Taranap, uh, another ranger, a uh, warden, and uh, real excited to meet her old friend Renil and uh, basically just be a hanger on with this fellowship. And she's besties with Daggett, despite what Daggett might say. <laughs> as long as you call him Captain, he'll be fine with it. <laughs> do you, do you really Captain expect that? Why haven't any, why, we should have done that. Captain Daggett? Captain Daggett? Captain Daggett? <laughs> Are we going to go back to uh, Blade Runner here? And we just do like full names on, on repeat? Almost oh, sounds like it. Captain Mr. Tiger. Mr. Stone. Mr. Exactly. Mr. Stone. That was so good. <laughs> Captain Daggett, Mr. Daggett. And look where that got him. <laughs> the same. Spoiler alert for a player in your campaign. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get going then. Uh, thank you to everybody, by the way, in chat for throwing out some bits and get that hype train rolling. We really do appreciate it. You're so very kind. But it's not going to save these people. As uh, Let's dive back in. Episode 61. Last time around, we discovered that you all had been in a coma of sorts, a week-long sleep. Uh, you uh, you found yourself in rooms with, with concerned rangers in Gandalf the Grey who were waiting for you to, to awake. You learned from Gilrain, the Fair, and Lady Arasil. Uh, sort of like the de facto leaders of this ranger haven in the absence of the chieftain who we know was Aragorn, basically. Uh, they are, are sort of like on opposite ends of certain certain political spectrums, so to speak. Uh, but they told you the legend of, of, a, of a creature known as the Lord of Nightmares. Uh, it's unclear whether it was a man, whether it was an orc or some more horrible thing. We don't know. Uh, but he held the castle of Urthad Kaleen, 
when Angmar swept through these lands uh, as they extended over Rudaur and then down into Cardolan when Cardolan was being uh, not just attacked physically, but they were dying from the inside from plague. Legend says that he threw himself from the ramparts of this castle rather than be taken by like Gondor soldiers and other alliance members that came to liberate the lands uh, during the war, the war, of, uh, war with Angmar, and that he possessed a ring capable of entering the minds of his enemies. Uh, the rangers believe that uh, it's possible this creature walked the land as a wraith, and your experiences, they theorized in Angmar, made you all kind of light up almost like a beacon and drew his attention uh, him being a creature of Angmar himself. So to confront this, you, they had a plan to help you, and that was you were going to go to to Earthad Kaleen itself, to the south, and you traverse some of the ruins, you slept on the ramparts, and you were basically trying to bait him in so that you can confront him. Uh, the you, you managed to do this. The nightmares got extraordinarily fierce and terrible. Some of you got lost in them. Gilly and Terror were able to break free, gain hold of their faculties, uh, and kind of push the creature out of their minds. And not only that, helping the rest of you push them out of your minds as well. They manifested the Lord of Nightmares briefly, corporeally, on the ramparts themselves, and you attacked them. And once in corporeal form, you all made quick work uh, of this creature. And he tumbled into the river, confused. It seemed like he was to be both physical and ethereal at the same time. He left behind a ring, which Gilly quickly and greedily grabbed uh tucked it away i'm just kidding it wasn't greedily she just grabbed it um and uh, afterwards you returned to uh to the party of rangers and gandalf who are at the shore uh, near earth at colleen and you returned to lady aerosol's we'll say lady aerosol's home uh for a peaceful night's rest that you had uh certainly earned so we're gonna pick up with leavings right so a day or two probably passes as you all recover you rest recover we see um a small montage of you waking going through your belongings making ready uh for uh, for travel once more we see plenty of rangers kind of coming and giving you respect um giving you their best uh, both people of you know just just laymen but also those of note that we might recognize uh, maybe you take some time to uh, to resupply some of your provisions. Maybe you take some time to explore Lady Aerosol's uh, vast library and uh, almost museum, these artifacts of old. Um, so I want to give you all a moment if there's anything that you want to opt into. I have a few things, but before we dive into that, are there any, is there any last business the five of you would want to attend to before making making your leave of this place. So Arineal is um, wanting to drop off some notes that she is hoping could get uh, passed along. Um, so she's going to look for either uh, Gil Rain or Lady Aracel, whichever would kind of be the, the better one to kind of be able to make sure that some notes get kind of back into the hands of uh moriel okay sure uh so you can i mean either of them would be fine gilrain you would know the whole purpose of her visit was to kind of this annual uh visitation uh, of her of her late husband's uh late husband's tomb that's one of the reasons why elro here and eladin were with her as they they were present at the death of her husband and the three of them 
often make these these visits. So it might be easier for you to find Lady Arisol. And since you're staying in her home, uh, it's probably not too difficult for you to, to gain audience with her. Um, what are the notes of? So she'll look at like, what are, what are these you speak of? You think I will see your mother before you? Is that what you... Uh, yes. And, and so um, at this point you might see almost like a, a, a little bit earlier in the day as Arineal was sort of drafting the notes and we're kind of looking over her shoulder. Um, and so the first letter um, is addressed to uh, Moriel and Duinor. Uh, and it says, uh, you might be surprised to hear that I've spent some time in the angle of late. Well taken care of, I can assure. I've been doing as you both told me. Go out, roam and guard, be bold and swift. I've been north to the hills of Evendim, west to the Gulf of Loon, south to the Grey Flood, and even north of the Etnmoors, where I shall return again soon. I have waged battle against dangers you foretold, and others I barely dare describe. I fear greatly for our future, but am steadfast that I can push back and fight yet again. If I do not return, please know that I have found great comfort and companionship in those that travel and fight by my side. Thank you for all you have taught me. I call upon those lessons more than you know. So she folds up that note, kind of dresses it to Moriel and Duinor, and drafts a second letter to Birinor, which is her younger brother. Mm-hmm. And you see, kind of she has this sheet, but she also next to it has uh, these sketches that she had gotten from Gilly earlier in the day. And it's this little sketches that Gilly had worked on of kind of everyone in the in our fellowship, including Sorendir. So it's just sort of just these little sort of head sketches kind of of everyone. Um, and you see that she's got that. Um, and there's also a small packet as well. Brother, I wonder sometimes if I would even recognize you if we passed in a wood. It's been too long since we shared a path. I remember with laughter your first time handling a bow and less fondly the scar I still have from your first time wielding a spear. I am sure that you have grown much in skill and wisdom and height, and I will not bore you with lessons learned nor brag of exploits. Except to say, while ranging is tireless and solitary, I encourage you to find value in other folk. Dwarves and elves and men and hobbits are sometimes too focused on trivialities, as we have so often been told. But each can add a richness to your life that you can't know it until you've experienced it. And while we do as we do to protect their lives, they can also join us in the battles ahead. This is a drawing by one of my closest companions, a hobbit named Gilly Kettlegrass, of myself and my friends. I hope for you to find such a group someday. And also, if you find yourself in need of some relaxation, the sweetgrass comes by way of Miss Kettlegrass's family in Bree. Just please don't acknowledge its source, dear brother. So kind of go back now to the okay. current scene where you just kind of see the two, one package a little bit larger than the other. Mm-hmm. She's handing them over. Okay. That, that was dope, man. I really enjoyed hearing that. Uh, those were those are absolutely fantastic. Um, are we 
seeing a preview perhaps of like an air of a renew like or is that is that is that what that was or are you just doing that for flavor uh it was more just for flavor okay. i like yeah. I mean, don't break jeff's heart like that just tell him yes to humor <laughs> <laughs> i did i did sort of have the thought of like you know just give bringing him in a little bit to where like he could be yeah you know in the future well, but, just be yeah. careful i mean you'll see what happens to the kettle grasses when you bring in relatives right. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> just gonna keep driving that home um okay so uh, these are these are probably like she wouldn't have seen these right like you you might have like debri- like like lady aerosol she wouldn't have actually been able to no. see the text okay no no all right fair enough um she 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 promises to deliver them um but she also says, since I will be accompanying you in your travels to Angmar, I will ensure that one of one of those in my guard who is not coming with us will deliver these letters to Muriel, along with my kindest regards. For I do consider her a friend, at least in our youth. Thank you. I have been on the road for quite a few years at this point, and it is our life. I hope they are delivered safely. Indeed. Thank you for all of your hospitality while we have been here for myself and all of my traveling companions. She nods. She says, I thank you. And very, very politely, like actually, like she's always had like this kind of haughtiness to her, but she seems fairly, um, fairly serious. And she seems to take your, your request with some respect and she tucks them away securely. And she makes the promise. Anybody else have any other business? And again, no is a perfectly fine answer. I just want to give you the opportunity. Uh, if you have any other business in the Ranger Haven before you depart. I don't know if it would really count as business, but Daggett would definitely want to raid their larder one more time to get a good stockpile for the trip north. So it's interesting, Daggett, that you do that. Because as you head to the larder uh, within the Chieftain's Lodge you realize you are not the first person to get here to do this. And lo and behold, there is a very tall man in tattered gray robes who is doing <laughs> the same thing. Daggett sees this tall man in gray robes and uh, just spins on his heel and starts walking away. And no. you hear, you hear, <laughs> Master Daggett, is that you? Uh, yes, I got lost no oh, well, well you've come at just the right time i have found a secret stock it was hidden behind one of these uh, these shells here and it's quite tasty and he kind of holds out to you this piece of cheese blue gnarled veins in it it looks something fierce but it tastes very potent i, I must assure you you must try it he kind of hands it over to you well if you twist my arm about it uh, i'll be surprised though uh it's- Ranger cheese has not had quite the strength that I'm used to. I don't believe they make it themselves. <laughs> don't be so silly. I'll, I'll take a bite of the cheese. Uh, go ahead and give me... Uh, what's it called? Sorry, we're switching back and forth. Go ahead and give me a roll. Uh, give me a... Just give me like an athletics roll or something. Let's see how well you endure the potency of this cheese. Uh... I have very poor athletics, which is why I supplement it with my dwarven spells. So as I'm eating this cheese, uh, my rock necklace starts lighting up, uh, giving me a magical success. 
Okay. Uh, which is good because I would have failed otherwise. As you're sitting there eating, you know, you're chewing away, uh, it is extraordinarily robust, this cheese. Very strong, very sharp, very potent. And you can see that Gandalf is kind of studying you. Not not unkindly, but he, you know, he's got that, that, that look on his face as if his brain is in motion as he just watches you almost impassively. And he speaks up. They say the dwarves are sturdy folk, sturdier than most, and evidence is before my very eyes. I must tell you, uh, Mr. Daggett, um, it pleases me greatly to see that you are aiding this fellowship. Your fortitude, your strength, your people's perseverance in the face of hardships at a, a proper example. And if you allow an old man a caution, and he kind of waits for you to approve what he's about to say. Daggett would not quite pick up that he's waiting for something, and he... he he is still intimidated by Gandalf, so he wouldn't quite say anything. But then after the pause, he would just like kind of cock his head like, okay. There are greater treasures in this world than those you might find buried beneath a ruin or in an unmarked tomb of a long dead warrior. This is a lesson I hope you impart to your fellow dwarf, Master Floy. Has it ever occurred to you? That those very treasures might have contributed to that ruination. I don't believe that there's anything inherently wrong with gold and steel. Hmm. Nothing inherently wrong. Well, I would hope your time spent with that weapon of yours would have... Taught you something otherwise. But as I said, the dwarves are sturdier than most. Much they can resist in this world. But even they can get affected by powerful trinkets and artifacts in their own way. I can assure you, Master Gandalf, that nothing is affecting me. Oh... I very much doubt that. And he gets really dark at that moment, and he almost kind of seems to grow a little bit. But then a smile kind of comes onto his face. After all, this cheese is very potent. And he recedes a little bit as the shadows kind of bend in around him. And then Daggett's stomach does like audibly <laughs> rumble. <laughs> oh dear. I suppose I am affected by something. If you would excuse me. Of course. Okay. Anyone else have any final business that they would like to attend to before leaving this ranger haven? I've got nothing other than the basic farewells. Okay. That sounds okay. great. Okay. Gilly, anything for you? Gilly would do one last hunt for information on this ring. Um, maybe checking Lady Aerosol's um, library. Uh, roll a lore test. Let's say. Speaking to people, seeing what they got. Who are you showing it to? That's going to be a very. I I, I do want to know 
specifically who you would be showing it to. She's already showed it to Lady Aerosol and Gandalf, and those would be the two that she would con- like. That would be it. Okay. All right. Give me that. Give me that lore test. Uh, 10, 16, pass. Okay. But it's just, just a regular success. Uh, there's nothing amongst her and Lady Aracel's belongings that would need to any additional information. And I would say Lady Aracel Gilrain, the most knowledgeable of those who live within this haven, have probably already conveyed everything that they could. Um... But we'll say at a certain point, maybe you do catch the attention of Mr. Gandalf. Uh, maybe it's after his meeting with Daggett. Maybe it's before. But as you're as you're talking to him, he he's he doesn't have direct answers, but he does say, um, "Many a powerful ring has this world seen, this kettle grass, and with them." So often has come corruption. I know not whether this self-proclaimed lord of nightmares was ever a good man, but through his ring he tormented the minds and dreams of many good folk. Now, perhaps you have designs on using the ring for good. And while I might commend you for your intentions, I must ask you, what good lies in bending another's mind to your will, as this ring seems to do? My advice, and you are under no obligation to take it, of course, is to find the most fiery forge and toss it in. And never may the ring escape your hands and find another more willing to use it for evil. He's very cagey, though. You get the sense that he, there's more than he knows, but he does not seem willing to share it. And, like, you just you just get the sense that he is just... He's got his secrets, and he's going to keep them. Gotcha. Okay. But this does give a, a little hint at what, at the very least, he thinks it's for. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh. Uh, thank, thank, thank you, Gandalf. I do appreciate this knowledge. Now, you all, I, I hear you are very good in the healing arts. Is that correct, Miss Kettlegrass? I, uh, I would say so. You might want to tend to your dwarf friend, Master Daggett. I gave him some cheese that has turned out to be quite rancid. Uh, he might not be in for a very good evening, so um, perhaps something to, uh, to, to tend. A very terrible stomach. I, I do have a, a tea that should be sufficient for that, uh, and it's very hydrating as well. Uh, thank, thank you. Would you have any for an old man as well? Yeah, and she was just about to offer, uh, yeah, I'll brew it here. And then she'll, she'll, she'll okay. serve him some tea and then she'll go hunting for Daggett. And I presume she hears these horrible gags <laughs> that, that lead her to his location. It sounds like there's a dragon somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Smaug? Smaug? I thought he's dead. 
Okay. Uh, if there are no other uh, no other business that you all want to uh, want to spring, I'll say a, a few folks. You, some of you do get paid a visit as you're as you're tending to your normal goodbyes. Um, Orifin, I would say, probably would spend some spend a moment speaking with Arineal. And um, he is, remember, you've known him since Evendim. You've known him since the, the doom of Nenuial. You've known him for a year and a half at this point. Uh, and when he, when you're like saying your goodbyes, um, he grabs you on the arm, you know, kind of clasping that classic forearm grasp. And he, he pulls you closely so that he can you know, speak quietly. And he says... I once asked you to lead us. I will not ask again. I will only remind you that when this fight is over, there is a place for you here. As rangers, we have grown accustomed to solitude and detachment. Indulge an old man his history and remember that such transience has not always been so. Our people were builders an artist as much as they were warriors. These lands you travel across contain all the evidence you need of this. While Lady Aerosil might call them ruins, kingdoms long since lost to history, I see them as reminders, Arineal. Reminders of what we once were and what we can be again. It is community that will rekindle our greatness. Isolation and detachment will ensure that greatness remains forever in our pasts. Good hunting. Can I clasp you a bit? Been pleased to see you here. And I assure you that those words fall on ears that hear them differently now than previously. With age Though comes I make wisdom, no promises. perhaps? With age comes experiences. Hmm. Well, perhaps wisdom follows. It is yet unclear. My fighting days are behind me, so I will not be joining you, but I will send someone in my stead. I guarantee it. We have arranged... After the first star of winter, for our forces here to muster at Amansu. There, my people, Lady Aerosil and others, they will find you. And so, at that, he, he breaks you all. Kind of travel. Remember, like, the Haven itself isn't like a singular city. It's just a series of lodges spread out over the course of, like, a wide expanse. And so... You kind of pop in here and there, say goodbye, catch people in the in the wild who just come out of the trees, say goodbye to you. But eventually, you all make it back to the last bridge, uh, to the northwest of this uh, of this this haven, this angle. You look back once more. You see the rolling hills. You see the dark green trees. And now that all of you know exactly where to look, you can see the peak where that chieftain's lodge is hidden. And you begin the westward journey back to Bree. I should note a few things that winter has certainly come. 
you all were out for a, a week. You also uh, have spent maybe maybe about two or three days here recovering, saying your goodbyes, making your plans. The general plan, again, is, is as Orifin just said, uh, to meet with the first thaw in a few months after winter at Amon's at Weathertop. And that is where the rangers will meet you and presumably where you will probably send your other allies to meet as well. So we're not going to do a full journey phase. I've, I've told you all this already, but we're not going to do a full journey phase back to Bree because you're on the Great East Road. And even though it's winter time, you all are significantly um, equipped to handle any dangers you might might find. But what I would like to do, if you would indulge me for a moment, is like a quick encounter or something like that. Just if everyone could just quickly narrate something you see or do or think or experience along the way back to Bree. Uh, it's about a two week travel time. So it's roughly 12 to 14 days, depending on, you know, how, how roles would, uh, would fall out, but it's about two week time. So during your travel, you will be seeing snows begin to fall. Light flurries, nothing too heavy just yet as the full force of winter is still to come. But you can see there's light flurries. The The nights are very cold. You probably camp off the road a bit. Uh, the mornings are are even colder in some respects. And there, there's usually a light dusting on the ground that by midday has largely disappeared. You're going to pass a series of, of well-known at this point landmarks off to the south you know the home of bailey stonesinger is is hidden uh, a good half day off the road you're going to pass by uh, over the last bridge here uh, where to the north some of you uh, witnessed a, a woman uh, kind of singing and disappearing in the water you're going to pass by amansul weathertop you will see it in the distance from the road and you will pass by the forsaken inn as well which many many uh, a month ago in uh, one of the first excursions, I think this might even predate Sorendir, if I recall. You traveled. It does. Yeah. So that's like the first ten episodes or so. You guys visited the Forsaken Inn along the way. So if you all could just every one at a time, it'd be quick. Doesn't have to be anything too uh, too lengthy, but just just to give us a montage of this travel from this fourteen day travel, just something that happens along the way, something you do along the way, something you observe or think, anything like that. I've got one. Uh, go ahead there, Daggett, Captain. So, uh, speaking of Boot, um, along the way, uh, he hasn't gotten as much maintenance as he should because Daggett believes that he knows how Ma caretaking maintenance. He, he see a motorcycle. He kicked off a shoe. <laughs> he kicked off a shoe. Okay. Uh, and Daggett would have like a temporary shoe with it's like leather that you lace on but boot would just be fighting him the entire time uh like turning around to bite him every time uh daggett goes to pick up a leg it gets kicked out uh that kind of thing i'm sure at one point uh daggett gets just completely sprawled out on the ground uh making a small snow angel in the flurry uh by the time that he would be ready to travel again uh, you all would have had a nice little rest um, just watching this whole scene play out. Um, and he would be beaming, very proud of himself that he was able to finally fix this. And you can see that there would just be teeth marks all over his face. Fantastic. I love it. Great callback. Okay. 
Anybody else have a little moment just to montage our travel back? Yeah, I've got something. Yes, Floyd, go right ahead. Following the lead of your captain. Yeah, my sack's been a bit lighter than usual. I've been giving away more treasures than gaining. He's been so, following his captain. So on the right, on the route there, I'll be scanning, investigating any old buildings, ruins, some open groves, tree trunks, looking for any sort of treasure I can add. Roll a scan test. Yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. There are many a ruin along the way, and although they're not always immediately on the road, they are not always that far off the road, and depending on the time of day, they might be more visible uh, than others. Uh, and the last time you've passed through here, you were on a bit of a timetable, a little bit more so than you are right now, as you know that you can't do anything until after winter as it is, which you were all were kind of rushing northward uh, the last time you were on this. So let me know how you do with that scan roll. Regular success. Okay. One night, uh, as you are, and the days are getting shorter, of course, so your your travel days are, are a little bit shorter as well. And so one day as you're making camp, we'll say north of the road, uh, which is kind of the rude hour side of the road for the way we've been playing it. Cardolan, we are considering more on the southern side. You do notice uh, off in the distance one night, um, something flickering, you know, just a little... Something like almost like reflection is when you look up, the, the clouds have parted for a short period of time. No snow flurries this evening. Overcast is not so bright or is not so heavy, allowing some, 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 some light, the moon and stars to shine down. And you see it kind of reflecting a bit off of a mound uh, about a quarter mile north of where you're at. Maybe you were off you know, walking the pony or off just thinking to yourself or just looking Keep me to yourself, but you do in fact find an unmarked down with some kind of barrel down here, like this, um, what you imagine is some sort of tomb, and you see stabbed into it what from a distance might look like uh, like a sapling, but is in fact a sword. And it's stuck into this, this mound that has now been grown over with grass and shrubbery and brush that is withering away with winter. You can see that there's Again, that light dusting of snow and flurry. But you see sticking out of it in a bit of the metal, somehow the tarnish has rubbed away, and that is what's reflecting uh, in the starlight. After finding it, I'd go and try and get it yeah, pulled out. Absolutely. Uh, you grab it, you take it out, and it's an extraordinarily long blade. Like, it's clearly a sword meant to be used with two hands, not with one. You are very strong, and although you can move it around, there's not a whole lot of deftness to it. Um, it is rusted, primarily from hilt to about halfway down. You see that, uh, like, just beyond the hilt, before, the, before reaching the blade, there is, like, this extra guard that has been wrapped around the blade that is falling apart. You're not sure exactly the make of it. It certainly doesn't look dwarven. Uh, it also is a little bit too large and bulky for the, the sort of uh, the weaponry you've seen of elves. You would imagine it's is the make of man. Uh, and you can see that there is an old tarnished symbol of some kind that has long faded away. Um, not exactly sure its origin, but I would say this is worth treasure six if you want to drop that down. Nice. Okay. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Nothing like Floyd going out and finding swords. <laughs> that's never that's never bit us. Uh, bit us that's never ass. been bad. It's never been a <laughs> I think that means you're a king now. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, I should have made it a stone. Oh, I should have done that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So that is the dwarves. Anybody else uh, have one ready to go? Just anywhere along the path. We don't have to worry uh, about I going do. in order. Yeah, Kelly, go right ahead. So one of the nights while she's up and it's her watch, um, she notices that one of the nearby ruins again, maybe the faint wisps of another echo of the past civilization that lived there, uh, similar to what her and Taraneth had witnessed. Um, I forgot where it was, but uh, where we had gone into the well and had gotten the helm. And so Gilly will quietly wake up Tara uh, and kind of uh, lead her along with her closer to this, just just to sit and, and kind of watch and see as these people go about their day-to-day uh, with things that obviously we can't tell what they are anymore, but you can see one person perhaps is working at what used to be a forge. Um, and she'll she'll kind of quietly turn to Tara do you think do you think this is what it will be like after if if we don't return? I don't know. I've never been very good at thinking about that kind of thing. I, I hope just... I hope we go home. Are you worried about Bree? It feels like you were worried about Brie. Always, sort of. Uh, you n- you never want anything bad to happen to to your parents, to your home. No, certainly. And it's certainly. been my nightmares for a while now. It, it will be okay. If if something had happened to Brie, we would have heard. It would not be a small thing for something to happen to Bree. I don't. Jeff, don't make that face. <laughs> <laughs> and and Gilly will will pat pat your knee, and she's like, the angle is very hidden. I'm not sure what news we would have received, but we did we did kill Rotag, so that was one less threat that was along the edge of the woods. But I do remember that the dead were rising in the swamplands, and. I, I I could not heal. I I still I still couldn't heal her. And and Gilly grows quiet and remorseful. Tara puts an arm around her and pulls her closer. I don't think I ever heard the story. If you want to tell it. And and then so she does. She does kind of quietly go through the story of how we met her, um, and then how when we had returned, she had been gravely injured uh, as she was watching uh, Marimbem's uh, previous cabin that was now Arenials. Your and- healing is and your care is unmatched. I have met many many people and. 
It's just, I don't know if it was, it was physical wound, but it was also more than that. And I just, I don't know. I, d I don't mean I just have... your technical ability. Anybody can learn to do the the work. Anybody can do that. But there's something more about what you bring to making people whole again. It's just we've made a lot of difficult decisions. How do we how do we choose what is more important than something else? Like we have deemed that that stopping this threat is our topmost priority, but could we have made the time to take her to to the elves and possibly gotten her healed? I know I know I paid for someone to do so, but who knows if they were actually able to escort her that way. But you tried, and that's the only thing anybody can ever do, is to try the best you can with what you have. Yes. And you I tried, Gila. You always try. That's the best thing about you. Thank you, Tara. And And she'll kind of just grow quiet and kind of like huddle up to your side, and presumably that's where she'll fall asleep with you. Tara appreciates the closeness. All right, so Orineal, did you have anything? We can count that as both Tara right. and Gilly, unless there's something else you had in mind, Tara, too. There, um, there is something I had in mind, but I would love for Orineal to go first. Go right ahead. Uh, Mine so, very specifically happens towards the end of the journey. Okay. Uh, so very much in the opposite sense of uh, Gilly and Tara uh, spending some time together. Uh, Orineal has had a lot of together time <laughs> lately. And so like at some point during the journey, like you think she's around and then everyone turns around and she is not uh, visible. Um, and so she is really just kind of taking some time to herself. So she's, you know, kind of like wandering along, but, you know, is, is a little bit um, separated from the group. Um, and actually had this thought in my head before Stephen said it earlier, but I was actually thinking the same thing of just sort of like laying in snow, sort of just not doing snow angels in like a fun kid kind of a way, but in sort of like a, like a grounding kind of a way of just like this might be kind of the last moment of quiet that she'll see in a bit um, between, you know, going to Brie and then kind of everything that's left. So it's really just sort of a very kind of quiet laying in snow, looking up at the sky, watching clouds go by, focusing on her breathing, wishing she already had snowshoes because it's already snowing and this is kind of a pain to walk through um, and just kind of enjoying just being outside and taking a moment to actually sort of hear her thoughts and a little bit of kind of quietness. And maybe she sees uh, birds flying around because we've seen a lot of those lately. Well, do you, I mean, if you want to see those birds, I have not been using them as a particularly <laughs> a sign of positivity. Uh <laughs> I will say that as you're traveling, maybe you're doing this near Weathertop, and as maybe the a, a morning fog or or an evening fog clears, as the sun goes, yeah, probably evening, as the sun goes down far to the west, and the fog parts, you know, the mist kind of parts for a little bit, and you look up, 
You could see the ruins of Amonsul. And for a moment, just for, for one brief moment, as the light contours the hill, the watchtower, it almost looks intact ever so briefly before the light shifts once more and it is again that ruin that you know very well. Uh, and then finally, Terra. Uh, what would Terra, you said you were doing something near the end of the travel. What would that be? Uh, yes, yeah, so um, close to the end. Um, but we've, we've all been uh, eating the rations and for the last like five or six days, everything... Like, it's just, you eat it for sustenance, but it's all the same. Like, it, you, whatever. There's, to, towards the end, when we're all kind of taste-deafened by the, the, the rations, um, Tara, in her random excursions, finds this bush with a single incredibly vibrant orange pepper and it's not something she's ever seen before uh, but she picks it and there's only one on this bush but, but she'll pick it she takes it back to the group and they kind of put it on, on the rations I think and um it's it's delicious and adds this this incredible extra layer of flavor, but it is so spicy that it actually causes mild hallucinations for the rest of the day, <laughs> and and nothing like really unsettling or like terrible like the dreams we've been having, but just like. Like when you put your TV on that store dynamic video mode, like when all the colors are like really bright and all the lines are really clear. And like, so everything is just like 70% more vibrant than it usually is uh, because of, of this, this pepper that we may not have eaten earlier in the mm -hmm. journey. <laughs> It's probably, it probably even offers a touch of warmth too, as it has gotten quite cold in the, the latter half of your journey back and quite gray. So the, the newfound colors, uh, is a, is a, like, especially at sunrise and sunset, as you're looking east to the misty mountains, when the sun comes up in the morning and west and beyond as the sun goes down in the evening and the sunset, the sunrise, just glorious. Uh, over like the, the kind of gray and white terrain. And we will say then, after about two weeks of travel, and with nary an encounter along the way, you never ran into any other travelers along the way until maybe you got within a day, people coming and going from the Forsaken Inn, folks of particularly ill reputation. But eventually... Midday, you make it into Bree, and so you have returned. Now, when you get there, it is not quite Yule, but it is very soon to be Yule. But you can see that uh, definitely uh, the walls around Bree still exist. Prancing Pony is still intact among many other buildings. Uh, it does not seem as though there is anything 
horrific and, and apocalyptic that transpired within the town itself, within the city of Bree. Uh, you can see that there are decorations that have been started to, to start to appear on various places, especially public places, especially businesses, things like that, that are trying to create this sense of merriment. There is not an overwhelming sense of joviality, uh, but you do see that there are a handful of young children, mostly human children, but in a, a stray hobbit child or two, uh, kind of running around in the streets, running around where, there, where the snow has been pushed off to the side. You see them creating various structures in the snow, tossing, uh, tossing snowballs at one another. It's not an overwhelming amount of snow that has fallen yet, but you can see that Bree has gotten a decent amount. Uh, and you can see at one point as you're passing through uh, the streets, you can see the Reeve, Cole Pickthorn, whom Daggett stole money from uh, the last time you were here. But when you see him, he's traveling through but the streets. I just negotiated higher. You cruelly took advantage of a poor man of a man who was in a poor state of things but you see him with some of his uh some of his uh, his fellow uh, his fellow wardens uh wardens moving about the streets uh and good in good spirits he turns he sees you all gives you a wave a friendly wave in fact eyes linger on daggett for a moment but not unkindly and he kind of goes about his business if you pass by the home of the Oak Stouts, Marge and Hollis, you can see that it is in better repair than normally uh, you see it as. Either you can see that someone has repainted the fence once more as she was quite unhappy with whoever did it last time. You can see that there are no, there are no empty holes needed to be patched in the roof. Um, but you also don't see a great deal of activity in the garden out front. There's no one there. Um... But you're in Bree. Uh, Bree is Gilly's home. There's also Coom, uh, which is nearby, not too far away. And that is where uh, that is where Oswald Breaker and the Sweet Roots and, uh, and, and Rosa Goodborough, the very first quest giver of this entire campaign, in fact, uh, that's where they, they uh, live. So is there anywhere in particular that you all want to go? Considering Gilly's nightmares, she's intending on making like a rotation of checking in on everyone. Okay. She'll start with her parents because she's here in Bree. Of course. And they would hold it against her if she didn't see them first. Um, and then see if any of her companions want to travel to Coombe. Okay. We'll start with the, the kettle grasses. I have it in my notes. Ready to go. Yep. Uh, Daggett would offer to accompany Gilly to see her parents if she would like. Oh, of course. Tara will ask I ran out of sweet can... grass. Yeah, if she offers it to everyone. We can have lunch at my parents' place if you'd I, like. I would love to. I've never been. I've never. And, and Tara's very good. She's never been here. <laughs> Great. The whole group's going. <laughs> No, Gilly, the place is a bit cramped for a dwarf, even though it's quite adequate. I think I'll stay in Bree. Okay. okay. Uh, at the, the dwarf house? Yeah, I'll find a place. 
you know that you probably could get us. You probably could stay at the dwarf house if you if you wanted to. Prancing Pony would probably have rooms as well. Uh, I think those would probably be your 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 foremost options. The Coom and Waddle, uh, I believe, is uh, is an is not in Bree itself, but it is a is, is a town over, not that far away. Uh, but those are probably some of your your chief options. We will. What about uh, so I know that Daggett and Tara are going with Gilly. Ari, are you along for the ride? Uh, I'll hold back. Okay. Gilly, when you start heading in the direction of where your parents live, uh, they live, as you as we've established, in their own semi-hobbit hole in the hobbit side of, of, of Bree, effectively. Uh, and uh, it is a not uncrowded area. And you see that during the middle of the day, there is some there is some business in, in, the, in, the, in the roads in the past leading. Uh, some folks wave at you all. Some recognize you, Gilly, neighbors or old friends. Some look sternly in the direction of Daggett and Tara who are walking along with you, but no one no one causes any trouble. When you get to your, your home, do you do you are you a knock on the door or you just push the door open? She's a she does like a knock and as she's pushing, she's yelling for mom and dad. And as you push the door open, you smell the delicious smells of of the kettle grass home. Uh, you hear the sound, not just of your mother, but of your father, shout back, screaming and saying, my, my dearest girl. And you see the two of them come running out from wherever they were at work and begin hugging you and showering you with kisses. See, this is so nice. And I've been so scared this whole time. <laughs> Where's the shoe going to drop? Um, Gilly eagerly does uh, hugs them back and everything and will again introduce them, reintroduce them to Daggett and then mm-hmm. introduce her parents to Tara. Sure. So, mom, these are more of my friends. Um, Dad, you've met Daggett. Uh, you guys, no tree climbing this time, please. Uh, and Tara, these are my parents. Um, you can call them mom and dad. You can call mom Prim or... Did know. something happen to her radio? Oh, oh, no. She's just in town. Uh, she she had another errand. Just in town and she didn't want to come visit. I know. I told her. I told her, but... And where's that fly fella? She's been moody lately. Oh. You know, I said that. I said that she's very yeah. moody. Very introverted, I think, is the term I've heard. We she caught her lying in the snow the other day. I don't know why. Lying in the snow. That's I guess quiet outrageous. time is something she wanted. Uh, Floy as well. Uh, Floy couldn't come visit us. Well, I'm offended. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm offended I am. I'll, I will give them a hard time when we meet back up, I promise. After they they insisted they should come visit. And see you again. They will certainly come and see you in the next well, year or so. I don't know if we're going to invite them in, if that's the case, to be honest. Yeah. You know, if they, they had other business, so be it. But what business would possibly be more important than us? And then you just realized that Gilly's parents were all Indian parents. This makes <laughs> <me very> <laughs> <happy>. <laughs> uh, and then so they she also comes up to you and she's like grabbing your face. Oh, you know, hey, what's wrong with you? And like grabbing your face off. Like, what well, can I get some food in you? All of you looking and Gilly's stomach rumbles at this point. Delighted. <laughs> <laughs> and so you you just see this this flurry of activity. As going into the larder, out of the larder, tables getting set up, 
for a, a, a kind of belayed lunch or, or an early dinner as everyone just starts weaving around, setting stuff up, telling, you know, telling you, sit down, sit down and, and, and kind of fetching things. And so we'll we'll fade out of that for, for the time being. Uh, we'll check in with Ari. And we fade out on Tara saying to Gilly, I love your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we will we'll go over checking with Ari. Ari, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, what, what? else does Ari do when she comes to Bree? I don't know. What does she do? She uh, checks in on Little Miss Marge. Okay, you go over to the Marge. Okay. You are right for it. punishment. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you knock on the door. First time, no answer. Second time, no answer. Third time, no answer. Do you do you knock a fourth time? Uh, at this point, she she's been to this home a few times, so she's going to kind of meander the perimeter, look in a window. Okay. Uh, as you're meandering the perimeter, you're looking in windows. First window, you don't you don't see anything. Second window, you're looking, you're looking, and all of a sudden. Ah! And it's a, a wooden cane just comes hurtling at you from inside and whacks you right in the face, your nose. You hear a little crunch and a bit of blood squirts out. What are you doing, you thief? Get out of got nothing in here for you to steal. And you see the beautiful face of Marge Oakstout staring at you through the window, brandishing a cane, ready to beat you with it. Oh, I, I knocked on the door first and you didn't answer uh, is it common for you to just barge into people's homes through their windows if someone doesn't answer the door maybe they don't want to talk to you well i always make sure that i come and say hello when i'm here and who are you i don't even know you all i'm a rennial well good for you D- does that mean you do remember or you don't remember a renial. And she'll get closer thinking this is a vision thing. <laughs> she just she starts leaning, leaning back. What's, this, what's wrong with you? Go around the front. Go around the front. Oh, okay. And she's like squeezing her nose. And and yeah, you meet her at the front front door of this porch. She opens up. You're on her front porch. Now, what do you want, Renial? Are you selling something? What is it? I never sell anything. We've been through this before. Your son Hollis had sent us to check in on you while he was out. And what do you know of Hollis? I, well, I was here to actually inquire as to how you were doing and how he was doing. Last I was here, he was back, and you were both here. He was back, and then he left because those fool heroes made him do all the hard work and then he comes back and his friend dies nonetheless and now he's darkening his cups in the pony so if you're one of them orinial i'm not too pleased to see you and then she conks you in the face again with her with her cane i yo you did that once already once was plenty once was really plenty i, I don't what what do you mean the heroes I, I don't know what you what do you mean well his dear friend, his only friend, the only one who checked on him when he was outcast into the marshes. You see, she gets really grim. And for the first time, maybe ever, she doesn't yell and say something mean. She passed. Elise? Yes, that's her name. 
Oh. Well, something worse than passing, really. It's not for me to tell, and I'm not going to tell it. But whoever those other folks were, they were supposed to help her, and they didn't. And so Hollis had to do it. He went racing out of town, all the way to one of them elvish, elvish cities in the west, and by the time he got back with the elf in tow, well, the bad things, they already happened. And Elise was no more, and, and now Hollis is just when I got him back, he's gone again. Really oh dear, I, I'm quite sorry. He is around, you say, just not here. I might be able to see him. Go speak to the scholar and come. He can tell you more. I don't want to tell this to you. If you are who I think you are, you're one of the reasons my poor boy is drinking himself away. Now away! And she starts like shooing you off her porch at this point with her staff. Uh, and Arrhenia will take a step back and I do apologize, Ms. Oakstout. I will see what we might be able to do while we are here. To do? There's nothing to do. She's gone. And so is it. It's sweet root, fella. I'm sure you've got other important business to take care of. Everything is more important. My boy. Now, get off my property before I raise one of the reefs. Yes, yes. And she'll go out the still squeaky gate no, at her fence. Seems to be working fine as you leave. Okay. Okay. Check in with Floy then. Floy, what are you up to? I was going to go settle down at a dwarf house, get a room there for winter. And then after that, I was going to go out to the farms and look for Rosa. Okay. Uh, yeah, Kofi at the dwarf house. You have no problem getting a room there. They're very glad to have a fellow dwarf. Uh, you see that there's not um, many dwarves that are in. There's uh, in, runs the house itself. Uh, there are many people that are staying here currently, but um, think of it sort of like an, I, I treat it in my head at least like a kind of like an embassy for, for dwarves that are coming and going. And since it's winter time, there's plenty of spaces. Um, and then you want to head out to the farm. So like Coombe, like to like Rosa Goodborough and your, the, the terror that is Meadow Oldbrook, the one that you, okay. yeah. All right. So yeah, you head on out there. There's not much farming obviously being done currently as it is winter time. Uh, there are, uh, there's scattered bits of snow here and there. Uh, but you do see there are many people who are attending to their farm animals, uh, as you pass by, uh, you can see, you said Rosa Goodborough specifically, right? You knock on her door, you see the, the small, the diminutive Rosa Goodborough open up her door. She is, appears to be in good health. Uh, a little pale, but probably wintertime came a little early for them. But when she sees your face, a big, bright smile comes over top it. And she says, Floy, oh, 
you're back. Welcome back. It's good to see you. It's great to see you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness. Where's the rest of you? Where, where's the, re- where's the, the wee little one? They're all over at Kettlegrasses. I'll catch up with them soon. And you came here instead? Oh, careful now. People are going to start saying rumors about us. We're just coming by to meet an old friend. It's been a long time. Oh, oh come in, come in, come in. Wipe your feet. Wipe your feet. Oh, wipe them again. Oh, you know, just take the boots off entirely. Put the boots back on. No, put them on. Put them back on. Yeah, that's much better. Okay. I do the old song and dance with it. <laughs> okay. And so she brings See, she brings you in, yeah. Seen balling at all? Balling now? Um, not recently, unfortunately. He's uh, he was due in the in the fall, but they never came, never came. Hey, I'm not sure if he's overdue, and then maybe he'll show up in Bree in the winter, or or if we might not see him again until spring. But it's been some time, I'm afraid. It's been some wow. time. You wouldn't believe it. We we're just at the angle. There's a whole ranger settlement there. Rangers? Rangers? No, a settlement of them? A group of them? That doesn't sound right. Oh, you sure you're not smoking too much of the sweet grass, perhaps? Rangers are solitary. They don't group together. The wildest thing, there's also Gandalf. I don't know if you've heard of him. Gandalf? 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 Eh, I don't think so. I spoke of him. Oh, uh, no, well, not sh- not to me, he didn't. We always spoke about sheep and lambs and cheese and milk and farming and this and that. How's it been out in Coombe and Bree? And you can see, like, she's been really, you know, smiling bright and her face kind of grows a little dim at that. Oh, Floyd, it's been, it's been tragic. His sweet roots. Oh, poor, poor Graham, poor Alcott, poor Elise. Yeah, after you all left. Yeah, Hollis, that, all that poor boy. He went racing off west, like you saw, like you said, to get Elvish medicine. Uh, he was not in time, missed it by a week. Something happened to Elise, she went mad. She, she went crazy and she attacked them. Floyd, she attacked them. She, she killed Graham. That poor old man, that old coot. Never heard a thing in his life. Just, just killed him. And Alcott, well, she'll never heal again. She can't move her hand. Nearly took it off at the wrist. And their home, that beautiful home. More favorite neighbors. It went up in flames. It was all they could do to scare it away was flames because it wasn't a lease anymore. At least that's not, that's what Alcott says. It wasn't a lease. It was something else, something worse. It's terrible. It's terrible. She's staying with Oswald now. And, and two widows, I suppose, friends. Yeah. She healed him. Years ago, when his home was invaded, and now he's trying to return the favour, but... Oh, she misses Graham so much. So much. He was going to be devastated. 
Oh no, I know she is. Everyone blames themselves, Alcott blames himself, and Hollis. Well, I've heard that he is, well, he's lost himself in his cups, he has. Blaming himself for what happened, and it wasn't her, it wasn't his fault, of course it wasn't his fault, and it wasn't Alcott's fault, she did everything she could. And even Oz, even Oswald, well, he pulled through his papers, everything he could find, any sort of thing to, to help her, but... But she just kept getting worse and worse and... Well... They ran her off into the Chetwood. And no one's really seen her since. Not that she's even herself anymore, I would imagine. Alcott said that... What looked at her... What attacked her husband wasn't... It wasn't human anymore. It was something else. I really enjoyed Al Alcott's... Home, Graham and his laughter and Elise, she was one of the strongest, strongest women I ever met. Whatever it was did her in. I'm sorry, I don't mean to, to speak no, so... No, it's perfectly fine. We'll be in town all winter, so we'll be around. I'm sure that our cult would want to say you... Well, maybe you would want to see her and do what you can. Convince her it wasn't her fault. And and then, and that Hollis boy, he, he suffered so much. All he was trying to do was care for his mother. And he got thrown out of Bree and then he tried to care for his only friend. And he was gone when she passed. And he just says, if only I could have traveled faster, if only I could have convince the elves that I needed help quicker maybe oh it's terrible it's a tragedy really thanks for sharing of course of course oh and Flora and I do not do not terrorize the old brooks meadow is she has not been handling it well she she and Graham for particularly close. We're good friends. She's gotten it in her head that it's your fault. Not yours specifically, but... She thinks everything's my fault. Well, she says that it's your 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 group's fault. That you you brought this down upon her. And she's... She's hurting. I, I don't think she means it, but... She never liked you to begin with, and this is just giving her ammunition to say awful things. I don't know why you had to terrorize her so much, to be honest. She's just an old woman. Never mind, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. It's good to see you. It's so good to see you. Likewise. So we'll, we'll fade out of that. We'll fade back up on Gilly and Tara and Daggett. Where the same story has just been told to the three of you. By your mother, by your father, the two of them going back and forth, telling the story of what happened at the Sweet Roots, what happened with, with, with Elise Briarcleave, what transpired. And so the three of you, as Floyd was hearing it from Rosa Goodborough, you hear it from your parents, and we fade back in in time for your reactions.
I, I knew something more was just wrong than the wound. It something wasn't right about it. I just, I just wish I knew more to stop, stop this from happening. Your, your parents, obviously, like it's not your fault. You don't have to solve every problem. It's not. You've got bigger things to. to Stay focused, my young girl. You take the world's problems on your shoulders. You can't do that. It's not your fault. It's not It's not up to you to solve everything. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. That's, that's what I want to stop, though, Mom. You can't stop everything. You can't be everywhere at once. How do you how do you make decisions like this for deciding what's more important than I trust myself to do it? I don't know what I'm doing half the time. That's what being an adult is. None of us really know what to do. We just pretend like we do because the youngins need to think that we do. In truth, all of us are just scared we're gonna make the wrong decision. But the thing is, Gilly. You never really know what the wrong decision is. You just got to make it with goodness in your heart and with your intentions. And don't judge yourself based upon the outcome. That's all. If you tried your best, if you were kind and open and you tried to do good, then it was the right decision. But even the right decisions can lead to bad consequences. That's just the way of the world. And at that, Gilly is not able to use words anymore. She's upset. So she goes and she hugs her mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, once she kind of calms back down a little bit, uh, she, you know, gets back to trying to, you know, be an adult again. <laughs> uh, and she turns to Tara and Daggett. And we're like, see, this is where... This is where all my knowledge and stuff comes from. My mom, she's the best. It's true, I am. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Daggett has been listening with interest. Uh, and he's not trying to be rude or anything. But he has been just like patiently cleaning his pipe as well. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of absentmindedly hoping that someone would see that he has a clean pipe. So you do see at some point, <laughs> at some point, Tolman will pick up on it and he'll be like, hey, like as as Gilly and her mother are having a very emotional moment, very and, and Tara, the three of you seem to be getting along fabulously. Tolman will do like the classic kind of wallflower dad who doesn't really want to be yeah, involved exactly. in this and will just kind of make a signal to, to dag it. He's never been good with his emotions. <laughs> the two of you. He's, he's such a man. And the two of you. <laughs> The two of you find your way kind of another room or maybe it's out on the porch where it's chilly, but you, but he, and he brings out this huge pack. Don't worry. I've got a big store. Don't tell Pim I've got this one. She says I've been smoking it too much. I think that's no such thing, right? <laughs> hey, we get rid of the store and she'll never find the evidence. It's a pretty big store. <laughs> and he starts doling it out but sounds like we gotta get started <laughs> yeah, i already am you know you catch it up he starts give, he gives you a second pipe so he's he dag it with two pipes in this <laughs> <light> <laughs> <in the tool. laughs> okay 
So, also, so, uh, yeah, going so to. Just, just to like uh, add something, like when uh, the story is being told, the, the part that uh, really kind of struck with with Tara is um, Hollis, like deep in his cups, and and trying to sort of cope that way. Uh, so she would like to go to whatever inn they say he's at and try to find him later tonight. Okay. Uh, Prancing Pony would be the place he would be at. Um, that can happen. Absolutely. Um, do you want to do that? You said you wanted to do that tonight? Uh, or whenever is a yeah. plot appropriate. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. But you all determine the plot, not me. Uh, Gilly... Um, Gilly lives in Bree, so you're, you're it's not a yeah. long travel for you to do this. Um, sure. Awesome. Okay, so we'll, we'll say at some point where it seems cordial to do so, Gilly that, and your that's mom, yes, yeah, the two, yeah, the two of you kind of go off, and Tara, you you take your leave. You pass by Daggett and Tolman, who are just cloud nine currently, and there is a cloud that you have to walk through as you leave as well. <laughs> Almost lose sight of where oh. the steps are. Yeah. <laughs> Contact oh, I love that. eyes. That's a great spell. Save me some for later. <laughs> well, uh, of course. <coughs> as uh, as Tara gets a quick contact high and begins her journey <laughs> to the Prancing Pony. Um, what about Ari? Where was Ari headed after her time? I was actually going to say the same thing because if she okay. left Marge's and that's where she knew that he would have been, that's where she would have gone. We'll say then just for, for ease, the timing lines up almost perfectly as the two of you arrive in relatively quick succession of each other or maybe you encounter each other in one of the, the roads on the way there. And when you when you get to the Prancing Pony, you can see there is a stable obviously nearby uh, and I would imagine maybe you all either there or livery or, or the, and, and Bree had, had taken care of your ponies. Maybe Gilly brought hers. I'm not sure. But you see Hooper and Quint Arineal. You recognize them. They're over by the stables just lying down. As you're walking past, you see their ears prick up a little bit. And then they suddenly sit up and you see them run in your direction. And Arineal will kneel down. Um dig in her bag and see if she has something that she can share of course. with them. Of course. Yeah. Something there's a little bit. Yeah. There's some of that pepper left for sure. No, don't <laughs> do not <laughs> no. feed that pepper to these dogs. Do not feed that no. pepper to these dogs. Very bad. Very bad. No, but she'll have, she'll have some, you know, kind of dried jerky or something. You of know, course. Kind of yeah. You, you were able to be provisioned pretty, pretty well when leaving the Ranger Haven. Sure. Uh, Tara, I don't think you've had the pleasure of meeting Hooper and Quint. And they, they are, uh, they're both, uh, actually in much better health than you remember them. The last time you saw them, it was really shortly after Hollis, like Hollis had been out and kind of outcast for a while. And they, while they were, he kept them, he, he treated them wonderfully. He was very good to them, but at the same time, he, both he and the dogs were living and scrounging off of the, the marshes and the land, but you can see that they are in actually... They, they, they look like they have a little bit more meat on their bones. They look a little bit, you know, uh, they look a little bit, a little bit fuller. Um, they, 
I have a little couple tufts of gray here and there as they started to show some distinguished uh, distinguished color on their faces. But they're hound dogs, you know. They're 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 these these wonderful looking hound dogs. Um, and Tara, since you are such good friends with Ari, I'm going to say they take to you without a role necessary. And you, oh, yes. yeah, they just seem to they seem to nip and nip nicely and kind of you know look at your hands and stuff. Yeah, oh, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they are wonderful dogs. Uh, very first episode, our very first uh, social, or our very first council, like a social encounter, Arineal, trying to be creative because she didn't have any good social skills, decided to use like some sort of animal hand. No, was it hunting? I can't remember exactly what it was, but you used, like, yeah, you, hunting, instead of talking to him, you, use, you used your, your, your knowledge of hunting and animals to woo these two dogs and that's how you <laughs> progress so it's still one of my favorite things that, that have happened very first session okay i love it so and yeah they still remember me and they absolutely they do they do uh but you're right outside the prancing pony i'm gonna say it's evening uh sun going down again early uh, you know short short days for winter time uh but you can see that there is a crowd uh that is that has started to form as evening time people are eating people are drinking uh, if you peek inside, the dogs are not allowed inside, and they seem to know this as they, as you, as the two of you venture inside the pony, you see they, they leave, they stand there for a second, their tails kind of wagging, and then once the door closes, we, as the audience, see the dogs meander back around to where they're supposed to be, and they probably have like a little bone or something from the kitchen that they're gnawing on here and there. But when you go inside, you see that again the place is packed. You put, you see that there are there's decorations, uh, and it is quite lively too. You can hear the sounds of music playing, people singing, glasses clinking. Although we have described some sad times that have occurred in Coombe, this is Bree, and it is it is nearly Yule, and so everyone's festive and drinking and happy. You can smell you can smell fresh meat fresh stew it is mouth-watering and as you scan around the room you see in a corner table by himself you see a hollow soak stout uh Arineal, you would recognize him i can't remember if tara ever met him no, I, i'm not sure never. yeah but you see hollow soak stout in the corner uh Arineal, and he is and you see on his table he has about four tankards one or two of them have been tipped over on his side no plate of food, uh, and he looks very worse for wear, and he's all alone. So, so uh, can you describe Hollis? Hollis, so when you look at him now, he looks tarnished. You know, his hair is is absolutely disheveled, uh, but you can see it's thinned. It's gone a bit gray as well at the top, uh, kind of like a dirty brownish gray. Um, he, I would put him probably in his 40s, I would say, uh, at this point, kind of you know, leathery skin from being outside a great deal. Uh, a renewal could probably debrief you that he'd lived for a while, literally in the Midgewater marshes by himself, which is a, not an easy place. Uh, he's dressed, he's dressed finely, you know, his, his clothes look fine, but they also look like, you know, it looks like he might have slept in them. Uh, and as you approach, you can see that he certainly has a beard, fairly unkempt, thicker than you last remember seeing it, uh, a renewal. Uh, and he kind of has the, the, the look of a, you know, the glassy look of eyes of a, of a, of a person who has just drank far too much. So Arineal is going to kind of tap Tara kind of on the elbow and, you know, kind of gesture in that direction. And she's going to go over 
to the bar and see if she can get a, a bowl of stew. Sure. Yeah, that's not a problem. You throw a, a nugget, a coin, a coin or two down, and they'll fetch that for you. Not an issue. And so then Arinio will kind of take the take the stew and Tara and kind of walk over and sit down across from Hollis. You sit down across from him and he looks up and table's been taken. Thank you. Leave a, leave a man alone, please. And you see just his eyes are kind of barely hanging on and he just tankard goes back a bit. You see some of it dribbles down the side of his mouth. A lot of it goes into his mouth. No, thank you. Another round, please. Uh, Nope, we will not be doing that. And Arineal kind of takes her arm and just kind of sweeps the empty tankards kind of off to the side and plops the stew down in front of him. Why, hey, thank you. Oh, hey, thank... Oh. Uh, Arineal... Uh, yes, Hollis. I didn't realize you'd return. Just. Uh, <clears throat> well, Take a moment. Eat some stew. You I'm, need some food in you. I'm not hungry. Not hungry. I've, uh, I'm quite thirsty. Uh, Beth. Another room, please. And you see, like, this, uh, one of the women kind of working behind the counter kind of looks down at him, then looks at the two of you, then looks at him, kind of waiting for one of you to give direction. And then she'd be like, and you could tell she's lying. Sure thing, coming right up, Polis. But you can, she doesn't look like she's tending to it particularly fast. The service here is not as good as I remember it. <clears throat> uh, someone I'd like you to meet, Hollis. And mm-hmm. so gesture to Tara to come sit down next to her. Uh, join her. And Tara's been watching this whole thing with a very serious expression. Uh, pleasure to meet you. You as well. A uh, friend of Reniel's is a friend of mine. Hollis Oakster. Former disgraced Bree Rodden. Still former, no longer disgraced. At least, not disgraced for that. For other things. Perennial failure. I've made a career and a life out of it. And you are... Warden has heard your story. Warden. I, too, was a warden as well. We have that in common. Are you as much of a failure as I am? <laughs> Probably more. I highly doubt that. Uh, well, it's only because we haven't drunk together yet. Uh, with that, like, well, no time like the present. Beth, where's that room? Make it too, please. And then he starts like to fish the tankards up off the ground. There's got to be some left in this. And he starts kind of pouring them into his, yeah. Tara's gesturing at him. It's like, no, no, Beth's going to get us fresh drinks. And kind of forcefully but friendly kind of takes it away from. Well, it's not, not, that's what. No, 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 you don't want to drink floor ale. (laughs) Floor ale. Well, I can tell you what I've been drinking for the past few years. This is still an improvement. 
still how often is it that I, that we get to drink with another warden well for me it's none of them want to speak with me even though they've let me back in the walls they have not let me back in the industry and especially with my more recent failures I'm probably not going to be getting any of those kinds of jobs soon What is it that is keeping you? Keeping me? Well, yeah, well, why do you think you're such a failure? I was, uh, well, I was tasked with keeping my mother safe and <clears throat> healthy, failed, outcast, redeemed. Then I was tasked very simply with fetching a healer. My dearest friend, my only friend. And I couldn't even do that properly. And she's dead now. To a lace briar cleave. And you can see that a few folks in the pony kind of look and some of them look annoyed. Some of them almost look sympathetic in some way. And a few folks raise their tankards, but they're doing so almost out of some sort of a, a, you know obligatory fashion. Have you heard the news, Ariel? Elise yes, yes. is dead. And worse than it. And old Graham Alcott is dead. Oh, excuse me, Graham Sweetroot. His wife Alcott is. Well, I think she's missing three or four of her fingers. She'll never stitch someone up again. And her home is burnt to embers. I should have stayed in the marshes. I should have. I will have to repeat this to you again when you have less drink in you, but none of that that happened was your fault. Well, we, some of it was. We were, the rest of it was yours, wasn't it? Yes. Almost all of it was, in fact. Almost. We, almost. All of it. All of it was ours. We did not quite understand until after we had left just what we left here. And there was nothing that could have been done to prevent this. It was not your fault. Oh, there's things that could have been done. The elf I brought back said if they got here sooner, they probably could have done something. But they didn't get here sooner. You know why they didn't get here sooner? Because they don't live in Bree. Maybe nope. if some elves lived in Bree, maybe they could have helped. No, nope. it's because when I went and knocked on the doors in Elosterian, they didn't want to speak with me. They didn't know who I was. They didn't care who I was. Because I was nobody. Not important, just some human filth. That they didn't want the door stop. But if I was somebody, maybe they would have answered the door faster. And maybe they would have listened to me quicker. And maybe, just maybe, we wouldn't have, wouldn't have taken so long. And we would have got back in time. But since I am a useless, good-for-nothing nobody who can't do anything right, they didn't listen to me. And at least... Turned to whatever she is now. And Graham. 
Yeah, he nearly got his head taken off, didn't he? Well, Arunia wants to look around the room real quick and just make sure there aren't any elves. No, no, most certainly not. And so the angle that she'll take is, I have known elves to be helpful, and I have known elves to be judgmental. And the, when you knock on someone's door and you ask for help, and they require renown to help, that is not the fault of the one who knocks on the door. Their haughtiness is what kills her, not you. So she's kind of trying her best in Harton. Roll it in Harton. Yeah, give it a roll. Uh, while Reniel's doing that, just to kind of give some context about what Tara's trying to do. Okay. Um, this is kind of her shtick. <laughs> like she she goes to town. She goes to the local bar and and uh, talks to people. Uh, so she's kind of on in a way that that is is pretty normal for her. Uh, the idea is to kind of this person who she has never met before. Uh, she wants him to be okay with her just kind of being around for the next month and uh, maybe helping him get cleaned up a little. So uh, so that's to endear sort of, yourself to him? Yeah, yeah. basically. Okay. But, but today it's just like yeah, just a friend of a friend, man. Not being too intrusive, <laughs> just no. kind of letting Arineal no. take the, you know, you're just kind yeah. of stick. Sure. Yeah. Arineal, how'd you do? Uh, thankfully, I used uh, audience bits, so I passed. Amazing. Okay. So he'll say, no, no, no. Yep, you're right. I don't like the elves either. And they are certainly not worth the spit that's dribbling down my chin right now. But Here's the thing, Arenial. They know medicine. They do. That we know. And they could have helped her. And they might even have helped her. And they at least agreed to come help, even though it took them a better part of a week to finally be convinced. It's not all my fault. I recognize that. You're right. You're not wrong. But at least she was my friend. She was my, well, short of Hooper and Quint. She was my only friend. I spent years out in the marshes and in the wood by myself. The only person who ever came to visit me was Elise. The only person who brought me bits of bread and cheese and a bit of ale was Elise. And now that one person who kept being there when I needed her, well, she's gone. And the one time that she needed me to be there, well, I failed. I failed. And maybe if I were there sooner, or if I were, I don't know. But you can't tell me it's not at least a bit of my fault. 
right? Just a bit, at least. I, I don't agree, but this is not the point for us to set upon. What happened to Elise is a sign of much broader evil and tarnishment on our lands. Oh, don't start that, Arineal. Don't start that and don't go saying that. Around Alcott and don't go saying that around Old Brook because they're going to rip your face off if you do. They want to hear about your priorities being bigger and more important. They only want to know that their friend and their husband died. And my friend, she died as well. Doesn't make anyone feel better to know that there's more important things to worry about. It doesn't I tell you all. this because I can give you time to feel sad for Elise not being here. Mm. And that is quite the loss. I did not know her as well as you, but I gather she was one of the good ones. She was. She was the best there was. Best there was. At this, Sarah kind of leans back and says, uh, just <laughs> very clearly it has something she is thinking, but is not saying. Mm. It's, it's quite visibly obvious. Yes, Tara? <sighs> Say it. You, you, we, 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 even I can see it between the glass. Ugh. Something on your mind, friend of Arineal. You're right. It's the husbands, it's the fathers, it's the sons and the daughters and the wives and sisters and the lovers. And... So no, I, I don't think you are faultless. I, I think it was your fault. But I think it was your fault because you tried to save them. Mm. Sometimes you fail. A lot of... And she looks visibly sad. She's at this. She's like, there are a lot of deaths that are on my hand. On my head. And it was my fault. The same way this was yours. You see him kind of, he, he's nodding. Yeah, he, he's, he's nodding along with you. Uh, I'll tell you what, Tara, make a, uh, I mean, it's up to you. You can make like an heart and you can make a persuade. Uh, uh, I was actually going to use this to try and build my heart later on, but I'm going to use pursuit because I actually have pips in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're making an argument, right? I mean, like, I think I am. Yeah. I'm saying yes, you are right. It is about the people because that—I mean, she she genuinely believes that. That's her whole shtick. Okay, it's a very important role too. I would say. Uh, can I use an audience dice then? In that case, you can use one or two. How many? Would you I like? will use one, please. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Uh, that's a twenty-two with a one six. <sighs> okay. I say he's he sort of nods at this point, and you can tell that he is um, 
you know, he's taking it in. He's not recoiling from it. Like, like he, like he, he basically says, your fault. Like, it's partly your fault. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, it works on him. Because he just, like, he that, that works on And then you say, it is partly your fault. And it is this. And so it's like, exactly. Or any of your friend gets it. It is partially my fault. And it's partially your fault. And it's all our faults. Because I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough. I was. Nope. And I need to, I need to be better, maybe, or I need to just shove off. One well, of the I think, two. I think you need to pay up your tab and get some sleep at least, because you're just wasting ale at this point. Like you can't, you're not even sober enough to drink a full glass without spilling half of it. Um. Well, I suppose. There's some sense into it. There's no sense, uh, no sense drinking the pony dry when there's always tomorrow. There is. Can I, I drink with you tomorrow? Yes, you can. And so can you, Renny, of course. But here's the thing. We're drinking to friends lost. And we'll tell you both about it least. And you're going to tell me about those you lost. And that's what we're going to do. Now, if you don't mind me, I'm going to get me dogs. And I'm going to go see me mum. But those your dogs outside. They were indeed. They're incredible. They are. They are. They are the greatest creatures there are. We don't deserve them. Uh, by the way, when you see your mom, uh, just she she did that. Oh, um, just like a, that just means yeah. she likes you. No worry. <laughs> when okay. she doesn't pay attention to you, and when she doesn't talk to you, and when she doesn't hit you, it means she doesn't care. The fact that she's hitting you, you should take it as a compliment. Well, she hit me twice, so I suppose that means she must like me quite a bit. She seems to indeed. She only hits me once. And he goes to get up, stumbles a bit, but then gets up, and you see him start meandering out of the pony. We'll fade out of there. And I'm going to turn kind of a broader attention. Like, are there any other things that you guys are looking to do? Do we want to shift into the fellowship phase? Is there something? Do we want to do that? At this point, do we want to get into that? Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's probably good. Yeah. Okay. Let's, for you. There's plenty of time, obviously, for us to do, um, you know, other scenes. If there's things you want, if you wanted to speak to folk, whether it's part of the fellowship phase or not, it's fine. So we'll say as you've you've done some of your catch up, let's go ahead and, you know, you're touching base with some folk. Let's start doing the fellowship phase. Uh, you all have 16, well, whatever you had banked prior, plus 16 skill points, 16 adventuring points, plus a number of uh, bonus skill points equal to your wits rating. Who here has a high wits? Who here's got a... I've got five. Five? Dag is pretty smart. <laughs> oh, you beat me. I have four. Do we have to acknowledge the fact that Daggett actually is the smartest person in this party? Are we serious? <laughs> I think I'm also the strongest. <laughs> Neil has seven strength. Wow. Okay, uh, we're tied. I'm seven. How much do I have? Uh, I know I have six. Okay. So uh, we're going to set our duration. Our duration is for winter. 
So for however long winter takes, uh, so you need to meet with your allies. We're going to, I'm going to assume, unless you wanted to play it out, that you guys are sending messages or have sent or, you know, messengers yeah. out to some folks. We don't necessarily have to play it all, but I'm just going to presume that's what you're doing. Uh, so the duration is till the end of the winter. Uh, destination is here, Bree, but you're welcome to travel elsewhere, I would say, within reason. Uh, there's like anywhere in the surrounds is probably fine, but uh, probably not too far. Uh, and so the steps one and two are done. Um, also, let's we can convert any treasure you might have. So any of you who collected treasure for you just got some, you can shift that over and increase your... Um, increase your your standing your personal wealth and so if you're standing of living shifts go ahead and do that uh and also and you don't want to do this right now you can do this later before you know before next session or something like that you can switch out useful items as well during the fellowship if there's something else that you would want to bring on your voyage uh up to up to angmar so let's go ahead and do uh updates uh what we do here is we, we embellish a bit as we try to just describe a little brief scene it doesn't have to be anything involved. It could be just a small description or a quick scene that shows what your growth or your training was. So training is when you spend your skill points, usually to increase your skill ratings. Uh, and then growth is when you spend adventuring points to buy a new rank in either wisdom or valor or to enhance your combat proficiencies in your, uh, in your weapons and things like that. Um, and remember that if you... If you take a new rank in Valor, that means you un unload and unlock a new reward uh, for one of your items. So you can take one of those buffs to your items. And if you uh, do a rank of Wisdom, then you get a new Virtue. Uh, and remember that you uh, you can only do one or the other. You can't do both a rank in you can't do a rank in both. Um, okay, so we'll just go around. Anybody have an idea of what they're doing? A little brief glimpse into your training or your growth it could be it could be a moment now or it could be a reflection on something that's already happened what do we got i've got a valor upgrade all right i go from four to five spending 20 points oh my i'm gonna unlock or tuned better tuned to kobar's cleaver to get that second ability from it okay the superior grievous yeah Hell yeah, man. Uh, so I'll reflect back on the time we just fought the Wraith on top of the tower and how effective that was coming out of it. Yeah. I mean, you weren't even in your right mind at the time as you were just stumbling out of your dream, but something about the cleaver when other weapons, I think it was Terra's weapon, didn't necessarily uh, pierce it as effectively. Kobar's cleaver just cut through it. And we remember the story of Kobar, right? Like he was a dwarf who was uh, was on his way. Uh, he died, I would say, in the Battle of Azanubazar, the uh, the War of the Dwarves and Orcs. And along the way, he and his companions were attacked in the Blue Mountains, or not in the Blue Mountains, in the Misty Mountains, uh, by some some whites and some wraiths. And so this uh, this weapon has uh, has some history with cutting through through those wraiths. Uh, very nice. And so Superior Grievous, you add plus two to your damage rating uh, or a bonus equal to your Valor, which is going to be five now, you son of a bitch, uh, if it's used against uh, its Bane creature. And so for you, it's undead. So whenever you hit 
you know, and do damage to an undead, not only are you doing your, you know, your, your weapon damage, but you're getting plus five to it because of your valor against undead. That's pretty great, man. It's gonna hurt. Uh, yep. I'm sorry. Did, did you say 20 points for valor five? I think it's 26. Oh, thank oh. you, Steven. Yes. I'll add the six there. My bad. Oh, great. You still have more? Okay. There yeah, I, I banked from last time. God <laughs> damn. I thought Steven was just throwing me a bone there. Okay. Uh, I tried, okay. Jeff. Fantastic. All right. Very nice. So we sort of think back. Maybe we see a brief little montage of you kind of like swinging around, plastic and sharpening it up a little bit here or there. And it is very, very sharp. Okay. Uh, anybody? Else? We can do these and just do a couple rounds. We don't have to do them all at once. But has somebody got another, another little scene that we want to? Yeah. So there's a couple things that Erinil wants to do. Okay. So she is actually going to take, and I'm hoping this is, However long this will take, uh, she wants to take a little solo field trip to Archit. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, uh, that's that's close enough. Yeah, Archit's not that far. Archit's one of the saying this is not accurate. One of the suburbs of uh, of Bree. That's how I'm thinking of it in my head. That it's, but it's a little further away, further north um, than Coombe. Uh, but yeah, you can get there. It's along the the um, the Greenway. So if you venture north, probably it's like a day's day's travel. Yes, you can do that. Okay. So, so during this travel, she is going to be working on her hunting. So she's going to kind of be out there and kind of going to be practicing and just kind of seeing what she can track and she's kind of doing all of that. So kind of the, the there in the back is going to be kind of working on her hunting. Okay. Are you, is, are you looking to hunt the most dangerous thing you can find? No, uh, I'll go quickest. Okay. So she's kind of trying to work on that. She doesn't want to hunt Daggett. That's she, too risky. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was trying to set up a joke like, so you're a hunting man, right? <laughs> Most dangerous game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, we can we can say you're doing that. For, are, are you hunting along the edges of the Chetwood? Because that is the wood thereby. I'm not looking to venture into the place that Elise disappeared into, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, no problem, Coward. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely... I definitely remember Aragorn being like, nah, never mind. <laughs> I think Melissa gave me trouble the other night for being too scared of the game. Oh, was it Delta Green? That is so true. <laughs> that is so true. Absolutely. Turnabout is fair play. <laughs> All right. So you're traveling to Arachet. Along the way, you're trying to find some, some game, maybe on your way back or on your way there. Uh... Way back would make sense. Okay. Trying to find something to, to give over to the kettle grasses. Because when you went and actually visited the kettle grasses after your meeting with Hollis, you were surprised to get a very frigid cold shoulder uh, from well, Pen for so some th reason. This is kind of what I'm yeah. heading towards. Tolman and Daggett were cackling like hyenas on the porch and were very happy to see you, but you're pretty sure they didn't know it was you. But Pim was quite <laughs> upset uh, at the fact that this was not your first stop. So maybe you're trying to catch a buck or something like that to win her back over. Is that fair? Sure. You have, sure. If you had an idea, go for it. <laughs> no, that that was my destination anyway. So, okay. um, what? So, kind of the the backstory here of of what's happening is that Arinial, like Rangers, don't really have a whole lot of 
kind of concern for kind of treasure and different things like that. Um, and so Arineal has moved from frugal up to common. And she sort of doesn't really exactly know <laughs> what to do with that. So what she actually has brought, and she's sort of hoping that maybe she can kind of catch just the senior kettle grasses there at the house. Um, but she brought back this fairly large kind of paper wrapped item that she is looking to leave um, there at the home. Okay. Do we want to know for what's inside of it? That, uh, for the next time that Gilly arrives at the home. She okay. Will find out what that is. Okay. And then she will um, sheepish in recognition of how she was received last time will also and uh, kettle grasses. I did not come just with gifts for Gilly. I also uh, brought some things for your Yule stew. You think you can just buy your way out of the doghouse? Is that what you're trying to say to me? Come here with your believe, throwing yes. your money around, thinking that, oh, you found some treasure or something, and now that's just going to make us laymen here and breathe just suddenly fall over. Oh, what is this? This is very nice. What is that? It's, yes, the, the finest. And so I would imagine it might be um, it might be a buck, might be some rabbits. There's some few donations for just give her a gift card like, what you... <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like the word gift so i'm trying something different <laughs> okay we'll say that that certainly helps it certainly helps okay very nice uh who else has something they want to demonstrate really fast again just quick nothing don't have to get too involved what do you got uh, yeah, i got one okay go, go ahead. ahead jinx okay uh, I mean, Dag, actually, Dag is the leader, so I feel like, you know. I have priority. Gilly's uh, the smartest. <laughs> I, I've been helping Jeff out, so now he, he's... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, we did mm -hmm. find out she's got better wits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I thought we were talking wisdom. So at one point, uh, when Daggett is finally sober, and I imagine that this whole fellowship, he's been just hanging out at Gilly's parents' house, like, almost nonstop. Like, for the first couple nights, yeah. he probably did it sleep there but if they ever offered like he just like they couldn't get him out anymore tolman probably um, is like i've got this uh, i got a, a pull out a pull out sofa like I'll, i could pull it out of where we got it stored and you can sleep on it oh if it's not too much trouble and i'm already like unloading everything oh, I've no go ahead go ahead it's fun it's fun yeah i used to uh, sleep on it all the time pim would just she's got a temper that one she just she holds a grudge. <laughs> I slept on it for two years. Two years because I, I, I forgot our anniversary one time. In two years, I'm on that thing. <sighs> it's a good thing. Did you remember the next anniversary? I did. I did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She kept going another year after that. Wow. That That is... Well, she inquired about a annulment, but she was told in no uncertain terms that it was not, it was not allowed. So, yay for me. Gilly's uh, like in the kitchen and she comments, yeah, he never forgot that again. He learned his lesson, huh, mom? I think that's coming up soon now that I think about it. Oh, gosh, it is right around Yule. Oh, dear. Oh, goodness. Uh, and at some point when Daggett is uh, sober, uh, he would actually go up to Gilly. Well, we're going up to Angmar and I need to be prepared 
and I don't know how these things work, and I pick up my bow. Would you mind showing me? Of course. And she's like, Dad, do you remember our configuration of, of our targets? Of course I do. I've got a delta formation. Let's yeah, go. Gotta, let's run him through it. Okay. Can so, we bring our pipes? <laughs> of course. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> remember, this is the one time it, it if helps you have you a bow. Gilly, you know that it helps your eyesight. That's why I smoke this all the time. Come on, it helps no. me glaucoma. He's got great vision. He's stone, he's spotting things every time oh, we're on like that porch. Like a hawk. Like a hawk. Raccoon, raccoon, raccoon. And everywhere. Gilly just looks like a lot. <laughs> she shares a really long suffering look with her mom. And she's like, do you not remember the bow and arrow incident of five years ago? I actually don't. <laughs> that is an honest statement. And she just kind of like palms her face and she's like, okay, you have a scar. Granted, it's in your back, so you don't see it. But, uh... Mopic? Yes, Dad. And he's like, hey, let me you see. And he starts he starts pulling his shirt off. I don't know. What do you see? And he's got the dad bod. Well, that's impressive. Hey. Look at that. Yeah. He shot it straight up in the sky, then decided he was going to lay down, rolls <laughs> onto his stomach, and it lands him in the back. Um, that's right. I'll remember. You're one tough hobbit. It's dodgeball. That's what we're playing <laughs> But we weren't using balls. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, me youth. You want to play? Really easy game. I'm game. Okay, let's go. We don't have it any is, balls, but I, I have a bow and arrow. It is a for learning your arrow. So we see a montage of Gilly trying to properly teach Daggett how to shoot an arrow. And While Tolman's totally... Tolman's just like shooting up and they're like, oh, got it. Out, crap. And he's like fumbling with it because he's not doing it correctly. Beautiful. I love it. Let me fade out of there. Uh, okay. Any more? Any other ideas that we want to see? Yeah, I have one. Go ahead, Gilly. So, uh, Gilly, I spent 20 points to get my fourth pip in awareness. Wow. Okay. So, uh, hobbits have a lot of tchotchkes and like miscellaneous knickknacks in a childhood game that Gilly used to play with her mom is they would get just an assortment of stuff and it's kind of like you know the hidden find item games uh and except you know her mom's hiding things and moving things around and and they set up these elaborate like displays and then they're looking for certain items and they count down and they time each other. And so they spend time just how quickly can they shave off time it takes them to find something. Okay. And it's just kind of like a nightly activity that they do throughout the holidays. And so as the two of you are doing it, like we hear in the background, like just Tolman cackling and, you know, Daggett as well as he just seems to have moved in effectively. Um we also will say, like, oh, that's right. Irineal said that this was supposed to... Yeah, she, she left this for you. I don't know why she left it. She's a very strange one. I've got to be honest. She's uh, she's nice, but she's very strange. But uh, here, this is for you, I think. And Gilly opens it. I don't know what it is. Irineal, what is it? <laughs> it's a new uh, bow. From Arch. Oh! Oh, and at this point, Gilly's like, really? And and she kind of, and she wouldn't be here so I could tell her thank you. 
this is why she gave it to you because she knew I'd want hugs. And just, Rineal, she just... Do you know where she is? Did she tell you? Do you know? I don't know. She... she no, not really. And then you hear Tom coming like, <clears throat> what do you got there? I don't know, but we can play more Dodgero. Let's go. <laughs> no, no, Dad, no. Agate runs and grabs his bow. <laughs> it's like snowing like crazy outside. <laughs> They're having trouble like, even getting through the snow. Solvin's like, Tolman doesn't even, like, his shirt's off. You can see this. He's, he's so like, he's got this, I'm just picturing it now. It's like, no, no shirt, hobbit, bare feet, running out into the snow, firing arrows up into the sky and trying to dodge them when they come down. He's got an old scar in it. A new wound right next to it. Oh yeah. God, and I love Tolman. And after the new wound, Gilly <laughs> blunted the rest of his arrows that he's allowed to use. <laughs> They're like childproof. Uh, comes back, comes back two hours later. Pim's looking up. What well, did you get hit? Now I'm falling. He turns around and there's like three arrows sticking out of his back. <laughs> All right, uh, so we'll fade from there. Open up. Anyone else have more that they want to want to do? More growth or experience expenditures. Everybody would try to find Floy. Okay. That's easily done, I would think. Yeah, I'm around town. Yeah. He's at the dwarf I, house. Uh, yeah. I feel like there will be many battles ahead of us, and I could use a sparring partner if you're up for it. Of course. But I'll start crying if I accidentally nick you. Well, don't you start crying if I accidentally nick you either. Okay. Both of you roll a uh, roll attack. Let's see. Let's see. It's going to be contested. Let's see who uh, see who wins the sparring fight. I'm rolling it in. Yeah, that's fair. Great success. Versus a regular success. Regular success. Oh, wow. <laughs> However, he did roll higher with a 20. No, you have the extra success. The bonus success. <laughs> So the extra six. we'll say s- s- the spar goes back and forth. Uh, Floyd, you're testing out maybe Kobar's cleaver a little bit. You know, uh, you guys are pulling your attacks and stuff, making sure not to make too too much. But at, at some point, Arineal, you do manage to get the better of Floyd, actually. Uh, what did I tell you? No crying if I break your skin. Unbelievable. You, Arineal, best in me. It's a well, fluke. We fight tomorrow. <laughs> I, you know, tomorrow. I, I just went to Archid and back. I think tomorrow I might be resting. I think. No, no, that's I not it. I'm going to find you tomorrow. No. <laughs> Same place. a high note and all. <laughs> Fantastic. Irineal wakes up to Floy standing above her. You ready? You ready? <laughs> ready for a rematch. <laughs> Love it. Fantastic. All right. Anything else? Any other seeds? Okay. If that's the case, training is um, done. You got I've something? I've got one last one. So I did also yeah. upgrade my bows. So after Daggett and Dad tire themselves out playing Dodge Arrow, mm-hmm. um, Daggett, I have them both like laid out on their tummies with uh because they both got arrows in their back on the pullout couch mm-hmm. and she's she's patched them up <laughs> just talking to each other <laughs> yeah they're, and like their legs are kicking up in the air they're having just a little slumber party together yeah uh 
once oh, she man. leaves them there to like rest and maybe take a nap or something, uh, Gilly actually goes out and her mom comes out and she's like, now it's time for the real training. And, um, you know, her mom also pulls out her bow and mm-hmm. she's the one who's actually proficient and that Gilly learned from. That um, makes a lot more sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, so, yeah, so then they actually they start they do a warm up near the house and then they actually go out into the woods nearby where they actually have like sort of like an obstacle course. So the like Chetwood? Not necessarily in the Chetwood, but the edges of the Chetwood. Okay. Uh and where they do where they're like running and they're trying to shoot a target and um other sorts of activities. Okay. I'm envisioning like this is probably I shouldn't say this. Like episode nine obstacle course of Star Wars with Leia and and Ray. Just <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll fade out of that. And if that is all, we will move to the next phase: spiritual recovery. Oh, you got something, Floyd? No, is this where we heal scars? Yeah, that's what. Well, okay. uh, yeah, we'll go through this. Uh, I'm just going to go through what I have here. So next up is spiritual recovery. Uh, I think is what I have next. Sorry, Jeff, just to, to interrupt real quick, I, I mentioned before, I haven't figured out where I won't put my XP yet. That's why I'm not narrating these, but I'll work with you through this week. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll 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 check in. Uh, we'll check in next Perfect. time. Okay. Arineal actually wants to increase battle, and I'm not entirely sure. Maybe How you that happens. Maybe you there's some sort of chess like game you play with uh, with somebody. Maybe that's what it is. Like you kind of work on strategy on a on some sort of board like game. Tim is pretty brilliant. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. That works. All right. So next phase, next thing is spiritual recovery, where you automatically recover a number of hope points equal to your your heart score. I think except for rangers are different, right? Right, Ernie? Yeah, rangers are different. All right, so go ahead and take those back. And then next, if the adventuring phase was a positive outcome in the fight against the encroaching shadow, you get to remove some shadow points. One to three, up to me, up to the lore master, and dependent upon how noteworthy their accomplishments were. So you guys defeated the Lord of Nightmares, which is very good, very good, very good. Um, so I think, um, taking away a lieutenant, the witch king of Angmar, I think that's a three pointer. Go ahead and take three, uh, remove three shadow points. Awesome. Back to just my four scars. And then, (laughs) then we get into the undertakings and fly. I think this is where you can do it. So for Yule, uh, you can, so basically you're going to choose, the group is going to choose one, one undertaking. Okay. As a group collectively. Uh, but then for Yule, each individual player gets to choose one undertaking. And one of the undertaking that's available during Yule is heal scars. So, so your personal undertaking would be that. Okay. So do you all have an idea of your, what you wanted to do personally? I think we were talking about strengthening. Oh, that, personally. My, that's my, collectively, my, yeah. yeah. Personally, so, yeah, I want to heal my scar here. Okay, so this is, I think, the first time we've done the heal scars. So um, you choose this undertaking to focus on mending your spiritual journeys. It costs five adventuring points and removes one shadow scar. 
Okay, I have six, so I'll put me down to one. Okay, all right. Um, so usually this is something about unloading your burdens in some way, because that's kind of what these scars are, these shadow scars. They're not so much necessarily physical scars, so maybe the physical scars can be a, a, a memory of this, but it's just something that you do to kind of unload the burden of that in some ways. Different cultures do it different ways. So how would we say that Floyd the dwarf uh, relaxes and mentally deals with the, the, the anguish that he has been under throughout the course of this adventure. Yeah. Being able to reunite with some dwarves that are still in town, celebrating the time with them. Mm -hmm. Just getting to know them. Yeah. Get to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are other dwarves that are still here within, within the dwarf house. Kofi, they have already mentioned and several others. Uh, again, not, not, a, not a ton, but there's there's a handful, and they all, because there's so few, kind of know each other at that point. It's a very close-knit. They, they're they happy to welcome in somebody somebody else, and I would say you have a reputation. People know who you are, uh, both from your deeds around Bree, but also from your status uh, back in Gladrock. So we can see this beautiful moment of dwarves drinking, singing with their low baritone voices, ripe meat off the bone, all of that happening. Maybe Daggett joins, maybe he doesn't. It's up to him. Uh, but we'll say that that's what we see. As Floy, you can remove one of your scars. Anyone else doing a heel scar? Uh, uh, Gilly is. Okay. Gilly, what does it look like for you as you're trying to... You know, what's what's your beloved activity that, that uh, that's helping you um, here? Drawing and painting. So. Sure. Gilly in her room, she does have this large easel that her father has put together for her. And she's been just kind of throwing herself into painting. And it's not so much she's not focusing on people. She's more so focusing on beautiful scenery that she's come across in her travels. Because she has noticed in her, her journal, she tends to focus on to chronicle all of the bad things that have happened. And the happy things are a side note. So she is pulling more from happier memories and she's just painting these these beautiful landscapes and then adding kind of in a smaller thing like in one of them it's this beautiful landscape and up underneath a tree she paints the fellowship having lunch together like a picnic um and it's not really the full focus but they're there and they're together and they're happy and um yeah beautiful i love it you can now also remove a scar daggett were you gonna do it too uh yeah, I uh had something a little more in depth in mind, if that's okay. Yeah, man. Um, so I'm I'm really hijacking Gilly's parents here. I'm sorry, Gilly. I don't know. Um, I love it. There would be a point where I I think uh we've been playing so much dodge arrow that we start like showing off scars to each other, uh, Daggett and Gilly's dad, and despite us both being high and like giggling. Uh, there's a moment where Daggett just like a dark cloud comes over him and he just becomes very serious in that moment despite you know how much fun they were having just five seconds ago and he holds his nose my brother broke that one does she break his back? no no he he had the right to do it he he blames me for the death of our father. You sure he does? Or does he just say he does that? 
Oh, he doesn't say it at all, but I know. You sure I it's not? Tell. You sure it's not you who blame yourself for your father's death? What is my fault? Is it? I. I was lost in the mines, and he came to find me. And there was a cave in. There is a cave in. So, it was an accident. He was only in there because I was lost. Well, that's what fathers do. When their kids get lost, they go find them. You'd think I didn't have to go chase Gillier all around Bree and off into the Chetwood a thousand times when she was younger? And I don't mean that younger, I mean like five years ago. It's what we do. It's what we sign up for when we have them. But we had already lost our mom, and after he was gone, we were orphans. And for dwarves, that's it's not a easy way to grow up. Our family is everything. Well, the way I'll say it, you have grown up. Look at you. You're fine. You're a adult. You're a friend of my daughter's. You're welcome in my home any time. I think you turned out just fine. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, you're being just a little bit too hard on yourself. You ever think that? I have to admit I'm not thinking much of anything right now. My head's a little light. I have an idea. Okay. And I, I stand up and I face him and I kind of like take a knee so that we're eye level. Hit me. Hit me hard right in the nose. And he does like uh, without hesitation. <laughs> Daggett falls over and he comes back uh, and his nose is like swollen up already. And he uses that break to just snap it to try and like straighten it out again. Whether it actually becomes straight or not, or even more crooked, what? remains to be determined. When Gilly comes up, that's not how you fix a nose. How you, Gilly? Straight. Can we straighten this? <laughs> uh, if, if Gilly does come over and and she'll straighten it to her best ability. <laughs> okay, and and we'll say over the course of of Yule, as it heals, it, it actually heals a little straighter. It does. Fade from there. Uh, and I is that it for scars? Anyone doing any more heal scars? Okay. Uh, so, Arinio, you didn't heal a scar. Did you know what your personal undertaking was going to be? Your your solo undertaking? So, actually, after we talked earlier, I decided that I would just go ahead and do the kind of brother as heir. Okay. So, start that process. Okay. That sounds great. I did, because I had used most of my adventuring points towards um, increasing my swords, which was kind of the the, the dueling with Floy. Um, but I did have enough left, so I will spend the maximum of five adventuring points comboed with treasure to kind of just sort of name name him as, you know, sort of the um, starting to share information. Um, the thing that will be up in the air is that they can't actually adventure and do things unless there are 10 adventure points and resources banked. So this will kind of get halfway there, but you will have to survive the trip to Angmar and return back to be able to kind of finish that process. Okay. 
Okay. Does this... This is perhaps a surprise visit by the family, or is this just a... The note is enough to kind of get him on the path. Um, I would say flavor it that way. Okay. That just um, kind of sharing the information forward and whatnot is sort of enough. All right. How funny would it be because you gave him sweetgrass and told him about sweetgrass and brie and he shows up because it's empty <laughs> and he needs more? Yeah. <laughs> through the winter. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tara, did you have an idea on undertaking or do you want to wait till next time? Uh, I, if, if it's okay to wait till next time, I'll be okay. But, but yeah. uh, if I need to go today, I'm looking no, no, at no. strength and fellowship. I think that's what they were planning on doing collectively. So yeah, okay. go ahead and give it, give it a look. And then next time we'll, we'll cycle back to Tara's solo undertaking. Uh, okay, so that is everyone's individual. So then you all can also get a, a company energy. Do you want to do strength and fellowship? I, think I that's thought what, we were going to do study magical items. That's the other. That yeah, was the other that thing. was my vote. I think, didn't we have a rule where you could spend uh, some of the audience boosts for an extra undertaking? Oh, could you both? Yeah, if you want to. five hundred five. Yeah, five audience, audience boosts. So if you wanted to get two, you can do that. Do we have enough bits, Mo? Yes, yeah. we do. People yeah, are very generous tonight. Okay. Uh, so if we're going to do, so to start with strength and fellowship really fast. So strength and fellowship, is it like, um, what do we think it is? Do we think it's like a meal? Do we think, are we at the kettle grasses? Is it something else? What do we think it is that sort of bonds you all during this Yule, Yule phase? I honestly think it's like a really like, chill low stakes meal at the kettle grasses mm -hmm. like it's one of these it just organically turns into an evening where like you have to put zero effort into enjoying yourself yeah people just kind of stumble in at random times there was never really yeah. an appointment and everyone well, I'll, yeah. I'll, get, I'll get throw something together that's fun if you I'll get, I'll, no, I have to sit down I'll get it and you can see like Tolman and Pim are kind of they're moving around but they want to, you know, it's like that good kind of energy and like Tolman is give, you know, filling everyone's pipes and Pim is filling everyone's bellies with food from a larder and you're just going through it until deep into the night. Uh, okay. So uh, what that means is that you all will raise your fellowship rating by plus one until the next fellowship phase, which might not exist. Uh. Then uh, for the audience purchased one, you wanted to do... Hey, where is that on the sheet? Where's what? Oh, oh no, I found it. I found it. Found yeah. it. Thank you. So I believe should we should be, be at six. Oh, seven. Okay. Seven. Uh, it, some it's boosts. the players plus one, and then strength and fellowship is another one. Mm -hmm. And plus, you get another one from and then Gilly. Plus one from Gilly. Yeah. Oh, so are we eight then? You should be at eight seven. Is, we should be eight. at seven. Five. Oh okay. oh, okay. Plus one is six. Plus Gilly is seven. Oh, okay. You don't count me. I thought you got an extra one on top of the players. Maybe it was just the amount of players. My bad. I, I think it is. But that might have been Gilly's extra that we were doing. That it was all of the players plus Gilly's plus. Oh, I see. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll oh, figure it. Yeah, yeah we'll look we'll it up later. I'll look at it. All right. Then the next thing you wanted to do is you wanted to do some storied. You oh no, you wanted to to look at these items. Okay. Yes. So there's two that you all have collected since your time in Tharbad when we had our last fellowship phase. One uh, is this ring 
Gilly, and the other is a helm that you and Tara found while exploring the ruins of an old workshop uh, within a ruined Cardolan village. Uh, the ring, for lack of a better term, uh, you, honestly, you're not entirely sure what the name is because there's no real idea of where it came from. Uh, but we're just going to call it the Ring of Dreams. And most of your most of your time, like learning this, is kind of fiddling with it. You're reading about it here and there, but you don't have any text about this. There's just nothing to look up. There's no lore about this. But it's more about sort of experimenting, tinkering with it here and there. And you realize that whenever you put it on and you focus, it's almost as if you can read the thoughts not too specifically but emotions or at least intentions that's beneath the uh, kind of beneath the surface so even if somebody is putting on a face that suggests happiness you can you can kind of push past that and see that beneath it they're angry or sad or vice versa and what this will do is it will grant you uh, 2d6s Whenever using the insight skill, from what you can tell, uh, it's a again, it's a silver band. There's some as you clean it up, get away the grime. There are some very beautiful artistic runes wrapped around the inside and the outside. You're not entirely sure what they say. It's certainly not Elvish, Gilly. You would recognize the language as the similar similar to the language that you've seen inside of that icy cell. Uh, deep within the bowels uh, of Othrangul. But you are not necessarily proficient in black speech, uh, but nonetheless, that appears to be what this is. Your best guess, and maybe something, some parting words from Gandalf, probably makes you think that it was, could have possibly been forward, you know, been made in the forge fires of Karndum within Angmar's, is more than likely where it's come from. Uh, but that is the Ring of Dreams. The Helm of the Red Hills is the other one. Uh, so I'm, I'm making these available, by the way, if you want to look in the Marvelous Artifacts folder in our items directory. They are now both visible to you all. And I believe the Helm is in Terra's possession. Um, if you recall, it was kind of... Uh, no, I, I do not have it. It's not in my inventory. No. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, it's because it didn't exist flavor. until now. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, but Tara has it. Tara has it. Okay, cool, cool. I was like, wait, am I supposed to like have a thing? Because I don't have a thing. <laughs> the way the game works is that you don't get the effects of it okay. until you know what it the, does. So I don't make the item thank until you. then. Thank you so much. I I had a moment. <laughs> so if you all recall this one, it's kind of a mix of like this hardened cracked leather and also some bands of, of metal uh, and this little nose guard that comes down as well. And the leather band kind of goes across the forehead and it's taken some time to sort of shore it up, to clean it up a bit, but you're, you've been able to. Uh, and you can see that in the center of this leather band, as you start to replenish it, maybe even get some leather workers within Bree to give you a hand. You can see that there is a well-stitched and dyed red hill that rests in the middle. And atop it, you can see there's this many-rayed star that is just shining over top of the hill. Uh, 
Gilly digging into it and we'll dig into a scene with Oswald later, but we'll maybe say that you, you touch base with Oswald at some point mm-hmm. as he has the most, the most thorough library in this area. The sign, this, the sigil seems to be consistent with Cardolan likely was worn by scouts and rangers. Uh, the red Hill, the, the star kind of a common symbol kind of guide the idea that it guide guided those in the wilds uh, back to various settlements and safety. Uh, so what this does is it actually affects the explorer skill. It would give you uh, 1d6 when using the skill to find a path out of the wilderness. And it also allows the player to achieve a magical success. So Gilly, you can drag the, the ring of dreams into your inventory. Terra, you can drag the helm of the red hills uh, from the items directory into your inventory. Amazing. Oh, thank thank you. you. Okay. So we have gone through our undertakings. We have gone through spiritual recovery. We have had some scenes. And as you all are eating laughing, spending time within the home of the kettle grasses. We will say we fade out of that and we will end our session on that final image and we'll pick up next time when more serious matters need to be attended to. All right. Awesome. Okay, man. I love fellowships. I have really started to just love Tolman Daggett, like this combo is yes! hilarious. <laughs> it just cracks me up. It's absolutely hilarious. I'm I'm waiting for the day where Tolman gives recognition, like you're part of the family. Oh, oh for it. sure, yeah. yeah. Well, I feel I like if it. Gilly and Daggett both make it back, they're gonna end up living in free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Daggett's the older brother, and he's <laughs> that just it. you know that just won't get the hell out of the way. Like, oh my god, yeah. can you just go get a job? Can you just go get a job? Oh. You know, when I was younger, <laughs> I was a hero. I went up to Angmar. <laughs> yeah, we all heard the story, Daggett. I was there too. You know, uh, the funny thing is, I'm probably go ahead. I'm probably twice Tolman's age too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tolman. I would probably if, if if Gilly is in her 30s, Tolman's probably in his 70s. I would say something like that. I would think that around there yeah uh okay let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and do some closing plugs and we'll get on out of here uh we'll start with my tray my tray where can we find you on the internets uh when i'm hang out with these guys uh i am my third place games on youtube uh and i had taken a bit of a hiatus uh on making videos but i am hoping to get back to it very shortly but I uh, have a backlog of about 50 videos that are about 10 minutes long if people want to check those out. Um, yeah, that's me. Fantastic. Uh, then for the rest of us, uh, the rest of the Lolly Gagger channel, what do we got going? Monday, we got Holler, uh, Savage Worlds, getting near the end of that Holler. campaign too. That one will probably end before one ring, I think. But it's getting near the end. Uh, Melissa and I are in that one. Tuesday, Steven, what do we got going on? Tuesday, we're playing Forbidden Lands. Jeff's in that. Melissa's in that. I don't actually know where their frames are on me. Um, and we are... Yeah, like like Jeff is doing. I don't know what uh, Steven's doing. <laughs> okay. We are uh, ramping up the danger, actually. They're, they're going into a new adventure site, and I don't think all four of them will come out. I, I don't recall The danger being... was not 
I don't recall being before? consulted on that. I don't know. Ramping up the danger. I don't remember <laughs> that being a... There was a group vote. I think you were absent that day. Really? Uh, <laughs> so you're saying I voted awkward. for more danger. Mm. No, I think sure. you were absent that day too, actually. <laughs> I don't think Kipser would have voted for that either. No, Macho. she was also absent that day. Aaron, Aaron probably would have voted for it. Aaron probably would have voted for it. <laughs> yeah, it was Aaron. It was probably Aaron. It was probably Steven messaging Aaron. <laughs> Cool, we, we cool. We do a ton of combat. Yes, yes, I'm cool. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, let's see what we got next. Uh, after that, uh, Thursday, new game. We started it just a few days ago. Die, the role playing game from Rowan Rook and Decard. Very excited for that. It was so much fun. Uh, based on the comic, we just started it up. We're gonna be doing that every week for a little while. Melissa and I are in that the first session, which is sort of like quasi session zero, but we also start a little bit. Uh, that that is already up on YouTube. It's already up on the uh, on on the main podcast feed. Uh, but come back and hang with us Thursday. So much fun. And then on Friday, we are back to Delta Green for session two of Delta Green. Uh, and I will tell you that it'll be the conclusion of the first arc. So the first arc I said was going to be a two session intense, intense little arc. And I don't know. I assume they believed me. But then we played the first session and everyone, you know, I think you believe me even more now. Uh, as, <laughs> if there uh, was any doubt, yeah. there was none anymore. Yeah, so that'll be next Friday, and then uh, we'll be back again in a week for for more wondering. Check out the uh, check out the YouTube page, Adventures Nolly Gang. If you're not following us here on Twitch already, please come do so. Uh, it is how I define my my worth in life, and uh, also subscribe to the YouTube channel. That'd be great too, if you don't mind. Uh, and uh, if you don't like seeing our faces and you'd rather just listen to our voices, well, then there's plenty of podcast feeds that you can look for. We got the the main adventures in lollygagging one. Waking of Angmar has its own. Just search for Waking of Angmar wherever you get your podcasts. We also have lollygagging on the Orient Express if you're into some Call of Cthulhu stuff as well. So thank you to everyone who hung out uh, tonight. Thank you to those of you who threw out some bits in the beginning, get the hype train rolling. We will be back next week for the beginning of the end. And uh, we're going to raid our friends over the boys at the Baltic Star. So follow that raid and we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. See you.